karate chopping? Was I supposed to karate chop? Yeah, we just talked about it like maybe 12 seconds. I thought that was your thing. Well, we both karate chop. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, all right, here we go. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 12. I should said that. I believe it's the finale. The finale. The The grand. grand. El Grande. Maybe title of it? Yeah, it's got to be. No, there'll be there's gonna be a title come out in this conversation. conversation. I have no yeah, doubt. True. It'll it'll reveal itself. Yeah. As so it, far, it's a keyless reference. No, it's not. Okay. Yeah, all right. Edit yourself out. On yeah, that just one. go ahead and put <laughs> yourself out. All right, episode twelve, season one, grand finale of the highway. Thanks for listening. Appreciate y'all's time. And we are here in Joplin, Missouri, at an undisclosed location. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can't give that out. Give our secrets away. Yeah. Um, we have the normal highway crew, Bird. Hello. How are things with you? Great. Loving it. Love being here. I'm just excited to be back at it. Here, wherever here <laughs> yeah. is. Yeah. Wherever well, here I don't is. want to name drop it, but I'm glad to be here. Yeah, we actually blindfolded you and brought you in. Or just yeah. got you blind drunk on the way in so you didn't know. Either way, works for me. <laughs> and then, of course, we have Smee. Hello. Being uh, her wet blanket self. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that's it? That's all you got is hello? I hello. drive us home from Joplin. Oh, wow. wow. Oh, my gosh. The undisclosed location. We could have been in, like, a really you cool said, you state. You Joplin. Oh, you okay. Joplin. All right. Well, we're also drinking tequila. <laughs> and then we have a special guest who I am extremely excited for. Bird yes, is sir. excited. Love it. Um, I think Bird we talked is ab- not the special guest. Yeah, it's, yeah not well, it's not me. Yeah. Don't. Um, well, I think we talked about him on the very first mm-hmm. episode. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here we are. 12 eppies later. Season-long teaser. Yeah, season-long oh, teaser. And it's I, finally here. I ran my mouth before I actually knew he was going to do it, but he did do it. So with <laughs> us... God. Yeah. Thank God you would have looked <laughs> like Can't be making idiot. promises and not keeping them. So with us today, we have uh, a friend of mine, a mentor of mine, a teacher of mine, uh, Mr. Professor. Hello, everybody. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks we, for having me. We are super pumped yeah. that you're here today. Well, I'm super excited. This uh, listening to this has been a lot of fun. Um, so humbled that you asked me, and glad to be here, and looking forward to our conversation. Well, I'm shocked since you have listened to it that you decided Agreed. to be. Yeah, I was going to say that you agree. <laughs> I thought maybe you hadn't, so you hadn't heard the previous episode, so you didn't know what was. Well, it is awkward. <laughs> well, I, I did know that I didn't want you to uh, not have a. Uh, a season finale, so yeah. So he's really doing it for you. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. like, well, he, he promised. I have to. Right. It's been more than one time he's bailed me out of a situation, <laughs> <laughs> so I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So the professor's here with us. Um, we did a poll. I think it was before law enforcement week or police week, right? Yeah. Where yeah. Um, the professor we did was. Lots of polls. Well, yeah, we did one where we had people suggest or make recommendations as to oh, who they yeah, wanted. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was one of our giveaways for Police Week. That's right, yeah. yeah. And the professor mm-hmm. came up several times, so it's not just Bird and I that uh, put you on a pedestal. It's other people, other cops out there that want to hear from you. So I think it'll be a good episode. Yeah. So clearly they had nobody else to choose from. Did you, like, give them a certain Yeah, well, you're the only name we put on there. Because <laughs> yeah. that's the only way people yeah. would pick me. Yeah, and no pressure, by the way. We're not putting any pressure on <laughs> you. None really whatsoever. just perform yeah. right now. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. All right, so we kind of mentioned it a little bit. Typically on the, the highway, we drink some bourbon. Uh, we are not drinking bourbon today. We are drinking tequila, which is, oh yeah, sorry. Hey, we are drinking tequila. Okay, yeah. well. Yeah. Dang it, I thought um, it would so, be better. Yeah, okay, edit <laughs> that out. So I say we have the professor yeah, tell let's us it. what we're drinking. Okay. And if you don't mind... 
why that's your drink of choice because I, it's not ours but it's good i, yeah. I mean it's good now Whoa. that i i'm drinking it Whoa. we're taking Whoa. shots bro. i know it wasn't a shot we drink bourbon <laughs> Yeah, so since I'm clearly not manly enough to drink bourbon, <laughs> no, it's not I guess we'll just go with what's the stuff that you drink that's not as good as what we drink. Okay, I'm very leaving. good. Get out of here. I'm well, leaving. <laughs> so uh, this is a an Añejo tequila. So um, what does that mean? Yeah, because we noticed that there okay. were several, several. Mm-hmm. that's a type of uh, blend, right? Right, uh, yeah, right. But, so uh, your Blanco or your white tequila okay. mm-hmm. Generally for mixed drinks, Mars, yeah. margaritas, yeah, that kind of stuff. It's so not really that. I was gonna say, is that lower grade then, or yes? Okay, so that's like your entry level. Okay, so um, your second one is called reposado. Yes. And reposado oh, is uh, okay. that's not how I pronounce it because oh. I yeah, I was like, <laughs> Repos- you got any of that reposado? Reposado. And it's uh, it's going to be aged up to a year. Okay. So it's got a little bit more um, color to it, a little bit more flavor to it. It's kind of like your your whiskeys and your bourbons. The longer that it sits, the better. Okay. Okay. So that's the level two. All right. So up to one year. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then you have your Añejo. And your Añejo is is one that is aged a year to three years. Okay. Um, So it's 25 months. I saw it on the label. There you go. go. So it can be anywhere within that range to get the Añejo. Um, label, but it's it's typically you don't you wouldn't pour this into a margarita mix. No. You'd, you'd be no, you'd be wasting it. This is good. I was giving you crap, but this yeah. is I'm impressed, and I'm a little nervous because it's on how good. yeah, I was gonna yeah. say on how good it is. Yeah, <laughs> the professor and Steve may be <laughs> carrying us yeah. out of here. So well, this you is know, good. I mean, you you do have to water it down a little bit to to make it work. Wow. But beyond that, well, I took okay. a shot. So yeah, I was gonna say it's a free shot yeah. back. Mm-hmm. I'm staying out of it, obviously. So right. what do they age it in? Is it like a barrel? Barrels. Like it, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Gives it the golden mm-hmm. color. Okay. And it, you know, there are many, many different uh, types, just like bourbon and whiskeys. But uh, this is for me a, a really nice, smooth. You, you pour a couple fingers of it and sit down and uh, watch the world go by and just sip on it. So yeah. it's uh, sit down and have a podcast. Yeah. S- sit down and have a podcast. <laughs> I introduced it to some of my buddies that uh, they've. Sent, sent me pictures of them sitting out by the fireplace, sipping on some uh, some good tequila. Yeah, so, yeah well, I'll uh, say this: I'm going to add this to my drinks list because this yeah, is good. I was going to yeah. I was going to say the same thing. I'm I'm usually pretty open minded about every drink, right? <laughs> yeah, you've never met a drink yeah, you know, he doesn't like. But yeah, I caught so him drinking uh, cough syrup yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say that needs to go on the list as well. Cause yeah. It, I feel like I'm we very could do surprised. in like the winter months bourbon, and then maybe like summer months tequila. I, I'm thinking so. Because bourbon gets a little heavy in mm. the old. It's summertime. tough when it's yeah. hot. It's tough. Well, there are, there are a lot of good ones out there. Um, any any of the uh, Don Julios are good. Um, so, and what's it? How do you say this brand? Herradura. That's exactly how I said. Yeah. It. That's how he pronounced it. Up to the, to the, to the <laughs> no wonder we lady. couldn't find it because I couldn't <laughs> say it. I'm like, hey, you got any of this Herradura Jeho? They're like, ah. Uh, no, no. So okay. Smee looked up the, the picture. Yeah, I was like, you're just looking at the picture. <laughs> like a simple man. <laughs> yes, it's the I horseshoe. It. It's the horseshoe stuff. So it's uh, it's pretty good. Okay. Do we talk about the first bottle we had? And this is actually yeah, our second we, bottle. Yeah, I feel like we have to at this point. Mm-hmm. So we went to Macadoodles down. Just is it in Arkansas or just north of Arkansas line? Yeah, right, right above the okay. Arkansas line. And so we found it. Obviously, get up here to this undisclosed location, and it's broken. Uh, now here's. My, here's what's shocking about this. So we pour the tequila from the broken bottle into a cup. Mm-hmm. 
And Professor and I are both going, heck, let's just pour it into a glass after that. And the voice of reason yep. Jot this down, out of everyone. everybody in <laughs> this room <laughs> is Burr, who says, well, maybe we shouldn't drink it because there's shards of glass. <laughs> wow. Who would have thought yeah. that? Yeah. Thank God you're here. Wow. Well, that's the reason we've got here. Yes, that's right. You is to keep everything. Yeah, you had to fill my place while I was going to buy right. the second bottle. She was bottle. doing something crazy. Yes. I had to make sure that yes. nobody was swallowing glass. That's great. Yes. Yeah, so Smee went and got a second glass, and here we are. Very impressed. It's good. It's definitely going on my on my list. Yep. Absolutely. Of, uh, of drinks. Okay. So uh, I've, I've introduced you, but very briefly, do you care to tell us a little about yourself? And not so much your career yet, because I do want to talk about your career and getting some different uh, perspectives on that, but just a little bit about you as much as you're comfortable sharing. Sure. Um, so currently I, I teach as in, in the institution of higher education that shall remain unnamed as of now. Mm -hmm. um, getting into teaching was not something that was on my, my list. Never thought teaching was going to be something that I would enjoy, but here I am. Um, I've recently uh, finished my degree, my terminal degree, and so that put me in a position to be able to, um, you know, help manage a, a program, an academic program, so I'm okay. very happy about that. So should we call him professor or doctor? So, all right. That, <laughs> Here we go. Both of them are hey, sweet. I didn't say Here it. We go. I didn't say it. We do call him the doctor mm -hmm. outside of this. I thought the professor is just a really cool name. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I doubt. I think it's sweet. Yeah. That's fine. I mean, it's, it's, it's like. Recognize the yeah. credentials. I know. I'm recognizing that he's obviously way smarter than, than myself, but he can also like cross me up on a basketball yeah. court, maybe break my ankle or something. That's right. <laughs> the professor is one of those guys. Mm. Gotcha. The doctor, they're like, they're just so smart, you know. Mm -hmm. But he is a doctor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Let it be known. Let it be known he is a doctor, but the professor right. just sounds really yeah. So four and a half minutes into this, you're already calling me that. I didn't bring <laughs> it up. I, I didn't bring it up. I that was me. I just wanted to this make sure. This is why sure we fire we, her. No, this, I just want to make sure we vetted all the nickname options and right. went with what we wanted to. So if we're calling him professor, that's great. And for being real know. honest, I didn't know professor was below doctor. I thought it was the same thing. I it really makes no difference to me. <laughs> I just thought it was sweet. Yeah, I just thought <laughs> like, I love it. I just, because that's what, that's what, like, my gamer name would be. Yeah, professor, like, one, right. professor 127. Isn't that what they call, like, Professor X and X-Men? Like, the professor? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's, oh, okay. Okay. I mean, he's up there. I'm tracking. All right. Anything else you want to tell us? Uh, let's see. So, um, I have spent a good portion of my career both as a police officer and as an instructor and a professor. Um, so I either have done one full-time and the other part-time or the vice versa. And so that's pretty much since uh, 1998. 98? A long oh time, gosh. back in the old days. I was 12. Mm -hmm. What were you doing in 98? Um, just drinking tequila. I was going to say, probably not much. Being six. <laughs> I was going to say, I've been six right. years old. Yep. I, was, I probably just doing the same stuff I'm doing now. Yeah. <laughs> getting into problems. So well, you guys are great, yeah. You make me feel really old. <laughs> well, so my, my daughter says, "Hey, Dad, were you alive in the old days, like in the '80s?" I go, "Yeah, I was, I was, I was actually alive back then." So I think something also to note is that El Professor also taught Bird and myself, yeah, in um, college, and then myself, and I'm going to address this in a minute in a law enforcement academy. Is that okay? Mm -hmm. that talk sure, about? absolutely. So. Yeah. I'm going to talk about my brief uh, college experience, which is a crime scene. Is it, or should I say that? You can say it. Okay. Sure. Um, crime scene investigation, something like that. So, mm -hmm. 
Um, I'll say this. Looking back in college, there was a lot of classes that I took just because they were easy. Let's be honest, right? <laughs> One of those being British literature. Um, yeah, that sounds like it was tough, but it wasn't. I ended up reading kids' books. So right. I read all the kids' books that... Uh, like they gave us like adult assignments and I'd go to the Joplin library and rent the kids books or mm-hmm. check out the yeah, kids like books. Yeah, like the kids version of Moby Dick or whatever. Well, actually one of them was Frankenstein. Yeah. <clears throat> and let me tell Very the story chilly. real yeah. quick okay. while we're on it. So, cause I get a lot of laughs here or Snickers from Smee. So <clears throat> I don't read Frankenstein and then I get, you know, like two days later, I'm supposed to read it and then turn in like a report on it. So I go to the local library, check out a kid's version of Frankenstein, which is 99 pages, write a report on it, get the highest grade in the class. So there. Bingo. How's that one for you, Smee? Cram it, Smee. have been able to BS yeah. since the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, circling back, that the professor taught um, a class, and it was challenging. At the time, I didn't like it. Of course. Of course. Um, now, I, looking back, obviously, I appreciate right. what you brought because it was challenging, and it did make me do some work. Um, and then I think, did you use... Um, what was that program where you you put assignments online? It was like Blackboard. Is it Blackboard? Blackboard. Mm-hmm. Oh god, I hated that. Right. Always got to have stuff to do. Oh my gosh, it was. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, no. I'd get on Blackboard and it's like, oh, write this. And I, uh-huh. did you even do like the comments? Like you would, somebody would comment. Did you had to do two comments? On Absolutely. That? Mm-hmm. Oh discussion, my gosh. Discussion poster. I mean, yeah. those are the best. Yeah, right? discussion yeah. poster. <laughs> my go-to is like, oh, I agree with your original thoughts. However, they're wrong, and I had to comment on this. Goodbye. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I would always put on there. You can't just simply say I agree or that's right or right on. Yeah. You have to just tell a us thumbs up yeah. why do you agree? <laughs> oh yes, that's what I remember. Mm-hmm. So yeah, your class was challenging, but I do. I mean, I, I remember it. It was uh, I did get stuff out of it mm-hmm. that I didn't. I didn't get stuff out of other classes. Yeah. So yeah, I appreciate that. Good. So then I had you later on in, in the academy. But I want to show you something before we get to that. So I'll let Bird talk about yeah your. Uh, lengthy career. Yeah, lengthy well, I was going to say, I might drag this story out, <laughs> but let it be known again that it didn't last very long. The story is not, you know, I'm going to make the story, I'm going to spice it up a little bit. But <laughs> yeah, so crime, it was crime scene photography, which I don't remember much from college, but I do remember the fact, I know that sounds like it's true. I just kind of was there. Everybody's shocked. Yeah, I was going to say, everybody's like, ah. But I, I do remember always, I had an English class across the road, and the only reason why I kept going through the rest of the day was because I had to walk over here and take your class, and I was like, <laughs> dang, this is actually something I actually did enjoy, yeah. was that side of it, and the photography photography part of it, which I never thought I'd be a part of, never even you know thought twice about taking pictures, but it was actually pretty enjoyable, and so in all reality... The fact that I even went to the other classes was a miracle, <laughs> probably because I had to come here to yeah, take right. your class. But it was all like, well, always, while I'm here, I'm yeah, yeah, might as well, might as well do all all the other classes. But yeah, it was it was fun, and I do remember how fun that class was. And I remember you talking about the, now I might get the terminology wrong, the orbs, the where you. Oh yes. That yes. always cracked me up because I like I'd have a picture and I'd be like, there's something over there in that corner of it, and then he'd just be like, "It's an orb, man." And I'm like, it's just like a dust reflection. Yeah. Or a glass. I'm like, oh, "It's not a ghost, or nothing." Yeah, that's, that's what I think about it. Wow. I, I had a I had a student come back from New Orleans, and she says, "Professor, I got pictures of ghosts." I'm like, "Oh, you did?" Yeah. Nice. She says, "Yeah," and I said, uh, 
well, would you want to share it with the class <laughs> so we could look and see? She says, "Yeah, I'll, I'll bring the I'll bring the pictures in." And just so, set, yeah. So, <laughs> so she we put them up on the screen, and she's first one's kind of a down a dark stairway, right? And, Haunted and, to her, for yeah, sure. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And over in the corner, boy, you can see there's something there. So that's pretty interesting. She says, "It gets better." I go, "Okay, let's wow, see the next yeah, one." Yeah, okay. So she takes us and goes and shoots a picture up the stairs and she goes see this house is full I'm like, oh, did you get any other pictures of it she says oh I've got several so we flip through and every time we put a picture up there sure enough there's an orb this field, New Orleans is filled of orbs yes. so, ghosts everywhere so I, I was relatively new so I didn't realize that sometimes you might not want to make fun of your students <laughs> It's not generally the best hey, way to keep them involved. Live and learn. Yeah. Live and learn. Yeah. Live and learn. Right. We're all learning here. Um, so, so we get down and we looked at them all. I said, man, that's fantastic. I said, but you realize what those were pictures of. She goes, yeah, they're, they're ghosts, orbs. I said, no. I said, notice how they're all exactly in the same place in every picture. Yeah. Ghost pose. I go, that's dust yeah. on your lens. Yeah. She was so mad at me. She wouldn't talk to me the rest of the semester. Oh, my goodness. She was so well, How angry. dare you? Yeah. How dare I debunk her yeah. ghost pictures? Because she surely have shown them all to her friends. Oh, right. of course, was, yes. Uh, she, uh, well, that, the, there's that uh, Ghost Adventures show. Yeah, Ghost blame. Adventures yeah. and Ghost Hunters. Mm -hmm. I feel yeah, like there's two. Yeah, there's lots of ghost shows. But, okay. like, the Ghost Adventures one, I have watched that one before. Because there is some, like pretty interesting history so what my what i do with them is i like turn them on it's on the travel channel which i love the travel channel oh. all those documentary shows but um turn them on and they like go into the history of whatever site they're going to first which i think is the interesting part and right. then the last half is like the hunting of the ghosts and the orb capturing and things um and i just kind of you know, just breeze by those ones. But the, the history is... Don't bring I, them to the professor. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. you bring an orb pick in. Now, yeah. now that I'm, I'm, I'm so Game's glad I wasn't over. confident in myself <laughs> yeah. to go up there and talk about yeah. Check like, these orbs out. Oh, really? You sure hey, it's not done? Why don't you put them on the screen? Yeah, the I'm class. so glad I wasn't confident <laughs> he, he, in that. I just imagine he busts out the little, uh, the little pin or the laser and like... Just uh, oh, points yeah. out where they're at in the exact same spot on every oh, slide. Yeah. Measurements. Yeah, measurement. Right. Like I, I think she's a biology major after that. <laughs> it's weird. I'm yeah. pretty she sure she's stuck with it. Stay. Okay. No, yeah. That's weird. Oh, all right. I figure she's gonna stuck yeah, with it. Yeah. yeah. I figure like, out that, why. How is that not? You know, how is that not her, <laughs> her future? But yeah, I'm so glad I I didn't uh, get put on display like that. But I was. <laughs> but I, was I don't like, think you put. On, I don't think you put forth the effort. Yeah. No, I wasn't as pumped. But he's like, sure, it's not dust. I'm like. Okay. Yeah. I might handle it differently yeah. now. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, you know, we all, they'll, they'll awesome. move forward. We'll learn a little bit. So, all right. So I had you in college, and then so for me, I went to school to be a teacher, and then I ended up shifting my major to general studies. All right. Because I was watching cops, mm -hmm. and sweating too, I wanted probably. to be. Yeah. Oh, I was sweating hard. <laughs> me and my cousin. We're watching cops and my going into my senior year of college and I said, dude, that'd be so cool to be a cop. He's like, Yeah, yeah, let's do it. So he's like not a cop. He's not <laughs> yeah, let's just say he's not a cop. Whatever a cop is, he's, he's the, the exact complete opposite, opposite of that. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I ended up enrolling into a local academy. So I not only had you in class during the day, but you would come in and teach certain classes in the academy at night. Right. Um, now other than DWI, I know you taught some maybe crime scene investigation, maybe mm -hmm. domestic violence. Does that sound right? Or um, I did some uh, 
emergency response to okay. building searches. That, that's, that's building searches. That's, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, I definitely remember you from my DWI investigation stuff. So, um, I did a few ride-alongs, and in my mind, I thought that's all cops did. Like, oh, they're all drunk hunters. They all want to go out and arrest a bunch of drunks. This is the coolest thing. So then, in, in the DWI section, when you taught it, I was all in. Man, mm-hmm. I'm listening. I'm t- soaking it up. So anyway, I do okay, and at the end of the test, you came in and you gave a challenge coin out, and I actually got the challenge coin, mm-hmm. and I think it was because I had a, and it's not bragging for me, I'm no. just come circling back to the professor here, but you gave me a challenge coin because of a test score, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to this day, I have said challenge coin very cool so that is the very first challenge coin anyone ever gave me nice and i want you to know that i still have it that's awesome and i still keep it in my challenge coin box yeah that's awesome yeah 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 Yeah, Yeah, i I, I reserved that for um for you to get one of those uh, no. <laughs> yeah, so no. This, that was actually only for the DWI part of the academy, and, and generally what I would do is pick the person that I felt did pick picked it up the, the quickest and did the best when we do. At the end, we have to actually, the student comes up and um, administers it as an example, as a demonstration, and uh, he, he just absolutely nailed it, so... Um, that was uh, that was my award for you. Well, so. sweet. I appreciate it. Again, yeah. my I didn't know what a challenge coin was, mm-hmm. so he gave it to me. I'm like, oh, wow, this is cool. No idea. I didn't know what to do yeah. with it. I'm like, do I? So now I know it's obviously a thing, right? But right. <clears throat> so I have a couple, I have a couple now. But it's my first one, and I still keep it. That's so very cool. Keep it with me. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I appreciate your uh, the way you approach the training. Um, in my mind, I feel like that played a large part into why. That, uh, and again, just speaking from a personal perspective here, why I decided to go into the DWI, DRE world. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, to get emotional for a second, I just appreciate what you did, and you played a big part in my career and what I wanted to do as I progressed through yeah. through law enforcement. It's yeah. awesome to hear that. I, I think that that's probably one of the most rewarding things about teaching is that you don't always know the impact that you have on people, and sometimes you get to witness you know, them go and, and use something that you gave them and go on and, and do like what you've done in your career, which is way beyond what I was even able to give to you, but being a part of that uh, and, and seeing the success, that, that makes it worthwhile, you know. Um, and I think teaching is one of those things where you can have an impact. You'll never know what it fully is, but you just can rest assured that that's making a difference and those people can go out and do what you're doing now is to take that information and give it to the next group of people and then it's just it never stops it's that's the most rewarding part of it for me yeah i uh so now you know i you obviously know now that i get to teach that stuff too so i agree for me um, having gained that knowledge from you to pass on other people is just really really neat and i talked about this in one of the classes but um the coolest part for me was I got to go out and work with the guys that I taught. So I was there, uh, essentially the supervisor of this saturation, this wolf pack. Mm-hmm. And all the guys in the wolf pack were kids that I, I say kids, young right. men sure. um, that I trained. So I completely agree with you <clears throat> on that. And I, I, again, appreciate it. I do uh, kind of hold that close to me that, you know, you played a big part in what I was able to do and still do. So I, I appreciate that. Um, okay. So 
going off the agenda here that Smee created. Sticking just, right to it. We just checking the box. Yeah, Dude, I, think, is this I would like to thank one? the professor because I think he has a lot to do with that. Uh, yeah. He is helping us stay on Stay on task. task. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think yeah. that he uh, he is doing a very good job answering and staying on task. Yeah, he is. And not letting you Wait, we gotta start. Yeah. We gotta start yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I've been waiting on the bird to show up this whole time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm tired of, I'm tired of I'm carrying this whole it. thing. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just carrying it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm throwing it away. Let's go. Let's just go freehand here. Freestyle. Or freestyle, yeah. I don't know what either of you two do on tequila. So I'm about to find yeah, out. This is, yeah, yeah. You're about to uh, F-A-F-O. I was going to say, yes. if, it, if it's anything, I don't remember what I do on tequila either. <laughs> go ahead and put it there, though. So if it helps you out, why don't you go ahead and just top I mean, while you got it in your hand, you might yeah, as well. Yeah, I guess say, I might yeah. as well. We might as well pass it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. have that refill. Smee's always good about keeping the, the fuel in the engines. The tracks <laughs> grease. Yeah, greasing yeah, the tracks is trauma, so... Okay, so I also want to talk about another positive thing. Man, I feel like we're being really positive. I know. Right. This is upbeat. Oh, I'm, just, yeah. this is upbeat. I'm waiting for the other foot where's, to drop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm about this, to get made fun of. I'm pretty sure. Where's this positivity <laughs> it's coming from? It's coming. So something else I want to say, again, very positive <clears throat> to, towards you and about you, is so when I started kind of branching off and doing other things, and I'm just going to talk about how I felt about that, is I didn't often, I didn't often like feel that it was well-received from other people. Mm-hmm. Right. It's basically put your uniform on, do your job, shut up and just do what we pay to do and don't do anything else. So anyway, kind of started branching out and doing other things. I mean, the podcast is one of them, which is still fairly new, but I mean, other trainings and stuff. So um, one of the bigger ones I did was last August, Mm -hmm. um, which was a presentation in San Antonio. So I did a marijuana one there, which is. I'm Old not, hat. I'm not okay. saying whatever, but I've okay. done it. I done it. I wasn't nervous about it. No. It was just like, okay, just get up there and talk, blah, blah, you know, do your thing. So, but anyway, the second one was the job isn't dead, mm-hmm. which is something I completely made up in my head. <laughs> and I think you could, well, not I think, I know you could tell. I was pretty nervous. Yeah, I knew he was nervous, um, and not everybody who knows him knows him well enough to realize because he's always got this. I got this attitude yeah. all the time. Yeah. There, it He's never changes. Blunt. But if yeah. you if you know him well enough, I was like, He's he legitimately. Right yep. He's legitimately nervous I about was. this. So I was. So yeah, did the did the <clears throat> marijuana presentation? I want to say maybe we went out to eat or something mm-hmm. that night, and I don't remember. But so the next day, I remember you got with me, and you're like, Hey, you got this. This is you know you know the information. Get up there and do what you do, and. And then right before I went up on the stage, which I mean it was it was fairly full. Oh, yeah. So and that made me even more nervous. And then I'll tell you what makes me even I don't even care about the numbers. It's right. my peers. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. Sitting sure. there. So we all got together. <laughs> all fifteen or eighteen of us and say we have to get there early because where do we sit? Front right center, man. Front and center. So oh waving, how you doing? Oh <laughs> man. Boy, I and bet I was, that made you feel real Oh yeah, dude. I mean, it, so it's like, it's bittersweet, right? right? So you see people that you know, which makes you feel comfortable, mm-hmm. Yeah. but you see people that you know, right. so if you mess up, it makes you feel very uncomfortable, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, you were right in the middle of that pack. Absolutely, right <laughs> up front. Uh, but anyway, so right before it starts, I remember you came up and you're like, I think you even put your hand on my shoulder, hey, yep. you got it, this is all you, we're here to support you. So from my perspective man i re- i can't say how much i appreciate that because i'm telling you i was sweating yeah. like i was 
I was uh, that was out of character for me to be that nerd. I don't know what it was, but because it's not a topic that I normally. Well, and I mean, you had you had quickly progressed from your first sort of presentation to a group to being on uh, in, a, in at a national conference, yeah, international and, stage, if you will. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so the you know the difficulty level is ramped up because you feel that pressure. Mm-hmm. You're not just talking to the 50 people from Missouri or yeah. whatever state it is, you're yeah. talking to the 500 people from every state mm. in the United States and some from Canada and, and, and other countries. And so it does ramp it up. But when you couple that with that's the first time that you've done that presentation, I think that's what makes it so much more difficult because you just don't know. You think, I've done all this work and I know it's going to be – can I make it through? Did I get enough? Do I have enough? You had like 875 <laughs> slides. And I'm like, okay, that's way more than I think I had ever. 50, 60 minutes, something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. yeah, in an hour. So, uh, But that's what we tend to do. You know, we tend to over-prepare. And then, you know, you're 20 minutes into your 50-minute presentation and you haven't gotten off slide four because yeah. that's, that's what you do is like going up there and I think is really good about you is that you're not relying on that that screen you're just going up there and you're having a conversation with these people and you're and you're telling them what's coming from your heart and it doesn't matter about the slides but it's it's tough when you think can i go up that whole time oh yeah gosh so yeah you read the room really well hmm. like yeah you read the you play the room really well in terms of this how me just come all right, she so, must be. Ooh, cut, her hey, yeah, cut her off. Cut her off. I've had enough of it. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> All right? Your head's getting way too you big. You idiot. Yeah. Yeah. You're dumb. Oh, there, there's yeah. more stories coming. Just oh, so you know. Right, good, so. Yeah. good. So, yeah, that, I didn't mean this. That wasn't meant to be spent or, you know, spun that way. Mm-hmm. But, I know, I just wanted you to say that I appreciate those things. And something else that a lot of people don't know. So, since then, I've done that presentation three times. Oregon. Uh, Wyoming. Wyoming. Yeah, okay. So then next week here. But so I don't I assume you saw it on social media that I was out in Oregon. Yes. So the professor sends me a text, you busy, or can I call or something like that. And I'm, again, so I haven't done the presentation since August. This would have been because that was yeah, August of last year was kind of the end of the conference yeah, it's done. season, mm-hmm. right? Wrapped it up, and so right. now, yeah, you haven't done it since the end of last conference season. Correct. So I'm basically filling what I felt again. Again. Right. So I'm out driving, whatever the mountains are up there. I don't even know. Driving around, the professor sends me a text, and I you just you did weed out there as well. <laughs> yeah. I. I did a presentation. He did weed, huh? He did weed, huh? I did a presentation. Oh, oh. So sorry. Yeah. Devil's lettuce. Wow. Oh, yeah. Goodness. Yeah. So sorry. anyway, mind of my own business driving along, professor column, and once again, Johnny on the spot. Hey man, just want you to know, uh, you know, it's a positive thing you're doing. It just kept going, positive. I mean, building you up. You know, just when you feel like almost a little overwhelmed, mm-hmm. um, it just seems like for for me. Professor just kind of swoops in and just kind of almost pats you on the back, like yeah. a like a, a dad situation, a right, father right. situation. Yep. So, um, if you're doing it for me, I know that mm-hmm. there are many other people that feel the same way. So I appreciate what you do, and I know that a lot of people also appreciate your input, your positivity, and the way that you kind of interact with with them. Yeah. So if they're not going to say it, I will say it. Well, thank you. In this million. You know this million person audience. Absolutely, yeah. 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 we're doing it live. We're doing it live. Folks. Here we go. Okay. So I just wanted to say that on recording. All right, here we go. Uh, now I want to talk about your law enforcement career. Yeah, if we can, and I have I'm some, excited about this. Part. I have some questions about it. Okay. 
Now, it's not going to be personal. It'll be like more input, sure. stuff like that. So would you care to kind of tell us about your career? Mm-hmm. Um, kind of maybe, you don't have to say agencies or if you don't want to, sure. whatever. So where you started, where you ended up, anything in between. And then I'm also going to get you your input on some things throughout okay. that. All right. Yeah, so I was uh, driving a route truck for Coca-Cola back in the day. Nice. Um, you know, a little merchandising going mm-hmm. out. Um, and I, and I met I met my now wife and her uh, her father in law was a was a trooper. Okay. For an, the Missouri State Highway Patrol. I don't know if you ever heard of that. I've never heard of them. I, I heard they're okay. Nobody yeah, I've heard they. Did. Yeah, I wouldn't know. So uh, one one day we're up there and he's uh, getting ready to go to work. He's like, Hey, you wanna you wanna hop in the car and go ride with me? And at at this point in my life, never did I even breathe the thought. Oh, I think law enforcement might be a fun thing to do. Never even crossed my mind. I you know, may have had some questionable uh, practices prior to that. The best cops do, yeah. by the way. The <laughs> yeah. best cops yeah. do. I've heard that most. So, uh, yeah, so I go and, and spend a day with him, and, and he's uh, he's stopping cars and, and talking to people and, and telling me stories, and I thought, you know, that's that actually sounds like something that would be very interesting. So um, I quit my job and went to the academy. I didn't have a, didn't have a job, so fortunately- Can I ask, was it this academy, the same was, academy I went yeah, to? Okay. Yeah, okay. same academy you went to, and, and at the time my wife was uh, was a nurse and was making good money, and she said, if you just wanna take a semester and get your get your certification so you can go to work, then it'd be great. So I, I did that, which was, I was very fortunate to have that option, because a lot of people don't. Sure, yeah. And so I went to work for my first job. Well, actually, so my first non-paid job was working for the sheriff's office. So I didn't get hired in my first job, my first application in this particular agency that I wanted to get hired at. Um, so I was I was pretty upset about that. Sure. I was I was so I was like, well, I got to do something. And it's probably more competitive then, right? It was much more competitive. Okay. I mean, if you think about back back in, in the old days. <laughs> can we can we put a time? Nineties. Yeah, ninety eight. Okay. Yeah, ninety eight. Um, I know that a guy that went through the testing process that I went through, he got kicked out of the process because during his interview, he admitted that he and his buddy went to the movie theater and watched a movie. They paid to get in, go in, watch the movie. When their movie was over, oh, they did not. They, they watched another they movie. They did not. Watch another movie. Oh, oh, criminals. They'll watch Lock them up. And they, they, uh, they bounced him out of the background because he stole. Movie. From the movie theater because he stole a movie and stole so a good time. Uh, yeah, so I mean that was how competitive it was, you know. Good back, Lord, that wouldn't even be time. a blip on the radar today. No, no. So, um, so I went to work for the local sheriff's office as a reserve because they would go ahead and give you a commission, and all I wanted to do was get in a police car and go and do of work. Of course, yeah. And so at the time, I was able to go ahead and do that, and I, I spent a little, you know, four or five months um, working with them, and and then started hi- started applying at other agencies. So. First job's a small municipality of about 10,000 people, maybe 20, 25 officers, but I got a lot of good, uh, a lot of good experience there. I, I went to the traffic reconstruction school, I went to firearms instructor school, so they gave me, I think that's really one of the big benefits of the smaller agencies, although there aren't always the greatest opportunities, the ones that you got will, will sure. help you later. Sure. Um, so I spent uh, three years, but I really, I loved working in the county, and I really wanted to go back to work, but at the time, they required you to work for a year in the jail before oh, you could go to the road. And I said, absolutely not. I'm not going to do that because I'm already in a car and I'm right. already doing that. So, right. um, I, I, But I kept after him. I'm like, you know, if you just give me a car, I'll come back. I'll be there in two weeks, you know. And uh, so I was actually the first one that got hired back at this local agency, uh, county agency, 
that didn't have to go oh, that's nice. through through the Good jail. Deal. Now, I, it was great for me, but I will tell you that um, looking back on it, I I understand now why they wanted that because I was at a significant disadvantage when I was out stopping cars and I hadn't spent a year around all these knuckleheads that I was sure. going to be dealing with. Right. And so I'd get a call on the radio when I'd call someone's name in and they're like, do you know who that is? And I'm like, no mm. idea. But if you were in the jail, you would have yeah, been, been in jail for a year. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So I think huh. that that was, you know, even though I disagreed with that idea, I, I think I missed out and I was behind when I was out there for the first little bit. Not, not to interrupt, but I do want to ask a question kind of where you're at right now. Do you think it was because you're just young, full of piss and vinegar, as they say, and, hey, listen, I'm not going back to jail. I'm already yep. on the road. Yep. I'm not regressing. Yes. Right? Put me back in a car. Exactly. I don't need that nonsense. I know exactly. what I'm doing. Okay. Exactly. And it was it was me being new in the field and not recognizing that there is value to that that assignment and, and learning how you, because in the, in a controlled facility, yeah. you, you have, I mean, you have some people to help you, but you have a lot of people sure. that you got to be careful with and you got to learn how to talk to people. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't know how to talk to people, you're going to be cleaning blood off your uniform a bunch. So, sure. um, but yeah, I think that because at the time though, it would have been like, for me, it's like, Oh, I'm not going back to the jail or I'm not going to the jail. Oh, yeah. They're not the real cops. Right. You know, I'm the sure. real cop because sure. I'm out in a police car. Yeah. Look at me and, stopping people. Right. And then I didn't realize until later that mm-hmm. there's actually some, some validity to that so um but yeah i I worked with them for um about three and a half years and um was promoted to sergeant had my own night shift and and i'll tell you that that part of my law enforcement career that three years is probably the most fun that i've ever had man god yeah the first three years if you could just somehow bottle Bottle that up Mm -hmm. and give it to everybody right and make that last 10 15 years mm-hmm. this is the greatest job you know on yeah. the face of the planet absolutely it's, it's especially your first three years no responsibilities no. yeah why do you think it's the three-year mark well i think that what why is it three years that you yeah like why is that the the mark that it starts to kind of not be as well fun? because obviously uh what starts happening is it loses its its fun when you have to deal with all of the other stuff that goes with it mm-hmm. and you know as as you you well know and there's a lot of what your program is built around is that it's the leadership that causes that. And I say, you know, people will put up with a certain amount of that toxicity just because the job's so much fun. Sure. But there, there becomes a point at which they're like, well, this is, even though that's fun, this is not worth it because of, of what, you know, what these other people are doing and, and how they're behaving and, and react. And I think that runs a lot of people off because they're done. They're done with that. They've had fun. But it can't stay that way. And sure. I think they, I think it runs runs people off. For they sure. can't maintain that. Mm-hmm. The, oh, gosh, I hate that. I, again, I'm, I'm careful to use leadership mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But they can't maintain the status quo, if you will. Right. Because yeah, like you said, I think you eventually you, for me, my first three years were just the best. Yeah. And it was at a small municipality, just mm-hmm. like yours. It was so awesome. But then I started to almost see things. Mm-hmm. So the reason why I asked that, because I didn't know in terms of like the, you know, your conviction process. So if it, you know, if that three-year mark is like when you start, you know, maybe seeing that everything isn't getting prosecuted or you're not getting the conviction, mm-hmm. then I personally would find that demoralizing if mm-hmm. I was continuing to work and yes, yay or nay having fun, but maybe not seeing the outcomes that mm-hmm. I thought I would see if that was the kind well, of... My, for me back back in, in, in the old days there, it was a different motivation for me to move and that time frame didn't necessarily correspond with the way that I felt about the agency. It's like I was always looking for 
the next opportunity to make myself better. Sure. And I felt like moving to different from agency to agency would be the thing that I would, and it took about that long before I would find the next sort of chapter. And I mean, the, the moral of the story here is, I really can't keep a job for more than like three years. <laughs> <laughs> I have and so, yeah. So every every law enforcement job I have is like mm-hmm. max it bounces three, all over yeah, the place. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So hey, three years max out that fun. Boom, I'm out of here. Gone. Yeah, and I, yeah. So <laughs> so that's. But but I think that you know in today's climate, you know, and I spend a lot of time talking with, you know, new officers that are getting ready to go into the academy. Many of the officers that have been through the academy, I stay friends with all the time, and it it is what's happening internally within the organization mm-hmm. that is a bigger driving factor of them moving on than any than anything it's just yeah it's 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 a different um it's a different outlook it's a different way of looking i heard something on the radio talking about how you know the that young people and that working young working people at, at this point are not afraid to say you know what I don't need this. I'm going to go find something out and not have any idea what that other thing is. That would have scared me completely to death. Mm-hmm. Being an old guy like I am, to not have a plan with something that's already lined out mm-hmm. before I left what I was doing, you would have never been able to convince yeah. me to do that. So if I can piggyback up what you just said, which I love, by the way. Um, so I think, because I'm a millennial, Bird's a millennial, Smee's a millennial. So I think millennials oftentimes get this... Uh, this negative, uh, oh, they don't stick with anything. They just leave. They don't care. No loyalty. They have, yeah, yeah, loyalty. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, right. they have no loyalty for the organization. Now, as a millennial, I try not to just immediately become defensive, right? right. So I try to look into things. You know, why is this happening? But so for me, I think th- that generation or my generation, it's not that we're not loyal. Mm-hmm. I think it's that we feel that I don't owe an organization or an agency or a corporation or whatever, any loyalty if you're gonna treat me this way. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think once we realize that we're being treated poorly, poorly. Mm-hmm. we decide, well, there's other options. Absolutely. I don't need this. Right. Whereas I think other generations, for whatever reason, I don't know, because mm-hmm. honestly, that's not mine, so I don't look into it a whole lot, right? right. Uh, but for some reason, they did stick around mm-hmm. and say, I have to put up with this. But I think millennials, and I mean, gosh, we start talking about you know, Zers, right? right? Sure. Uh, you want to, you think we have no loyalty? Holy yeah, cow! Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and more power to them, right? We should be treating our people better anyway. Right. And that and that's really you know where the where law enforcement hasn't kept up with the need to change because when I went through, I'm sitting in the car, I'm happy to have a job because 82 other people applied for the same spot and I finally got it. So I'm going to be putting up with some things that people do and say to me that I'm probably today. Would not, would not, you know, and when you're yelling and screaming at me and making me run down the road to go look at something, um, I was like, okay, I got to do that because I got to have this. Yeah, you're gotta, fortunate yeah, to be there. I'm happy yeah. to, yeah, happy sure. to be here. But what we haven't done in law enforcement in in the last, you know, 15 years is realize that you got to, you want, you want to treat people like they want to be, like you want them to be there. This is what I'm saying. It's like, I, it is my job sitting in there teaching you how to be a cop and if it's not something that is directly related to your safety or someone else's safety i don't have to treat you like this dog and and make fun of you and make you do all of these things that are demeaning and normal just because i went through it right sure because the individuals who are sitting in those cars today are like i don't have to put up with this you know and it's 
it's our job, I think, in law enforcement, our job is to transition from this, I'm going to try to weed you out, Yes. which we should weed people out sure. if they shouldn't be there, to go to where of, we are happy that you are here. I'm, I'm excited that you're in the car with me, and I'm going to do everything in my power to make you successful because when you're successful, our, our department is successful. Yeah, yeah. And if we could get to where our even our first-line supervisors are following that sort of new way, I say it's, it's a different way of looking at it. It's like let's, let's appreciate the people that have taken the time to come and do this because now here's, a, here's another person where I don't have eight calls waiting on me because I have the sure. chance to have another person. But if Absolutely. I'm going to treat them so poorly that they got, I don't run them off, then what are we, what are we doing? How are we helping right. ourselves? Huh. Well, we had That's the, I sweet. mean, so That's my awesome. background is in healthcare, and I worked in a lot of ERs and urgent cares, and the thing mm -hmm. was, like, of all, a lot of the older nurses were like, we eat our young, and yes. I'm like, then who's going to work? Like, right. There aren't going to be any young left. I agree cutting your teeth and, you know, getting mm -hmm. comfortable with the environment, but if you don't, right. like, we don't have, we're not having anybody left if we keep eating our young. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go off what Smee said here. So there's a, uh, a book that I read, I think it was Leaders Eat Last or, or Start With Why, I can't remember which book it was, by Simon Sinek, and he says mm -hmm. that abundance diminishes value. Right. And what I see is like you talked about, you felt honored to be there mm -hmm. because there was a line behind you waiting to right. replace you. And what has happened, from, from my understanding and kind of doing some research on this and looking, looking deep into it, is we're still treating people like there's a line out the door. Yes. And we can treat them poorly and devalue them mm -hmm. and then have this mentality or this mindset that, oh, look at us, we're so great, people want to work here. Right. Hey, wake up. That's not the reality anymore. And I think the word is out that you're treating people badly, mm -hmm. which is why I think applicant, I mean, there's other things, other sure. factors, right? Sure. But which is why applicant numbers are low too. Mm -hmm. But can you imagine an organization that treats their people well right, or in a positive way? Right. And, and it's my understanding or my belief that your best recruiters are happy employees. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So well, I, I, I mean, really, in all honesty, like if you have a happy, I mean, if you have a good, not necessarily happy, but a good culture, then like the need for recruitment is very low because you don't have that turnover. Right. The agency itself right. is a recruiting tool, mm -hmm. right? I don't need to, I don't need to send people out. So I, I just thought that was really interesting how you said that. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is right. This is it. And, and we have to get away from this mentality of, well, I had to go through it. So in order for them to earn their stripes, the new people mm -hmm. have to go through the stuff that I did. It's like we we're failing to recognize that the culture and the personalities of those that are here now aren't going to accept that and tolerate that. And so we can go, all right, I went through it and I'm glad I did, but we're going to have to modify the way that we, and I'm not talking, I'm not talking about doing things that make it less safe for them. It's always once safety has been satisfied, sure. then it is the time to do that training and teaching and mentoring and those things that let them believe that they're valued and that you recognize that you're happy that they're there and wanting to learn and it is the better it is a to me it's a better testament to you as a police officer if you can cause someone to succeed in in an fto process yeah. than it is for you to say uh, the last eight recruits that I had come through here, I kicked them I all out. I got rid of them. Right. Yeah. Well, okay, then you're you're surprised and shocked when you have 12 calls holding when you come on duty. Uh-huh. And mad. You're mad And about you're it. mad about it. Yeah. Right. Well, these guys don't want to work. Well, maybe they just don't want to be treated like that. Maybe you ought to think about that. Yeah. Bird's been silent over yeah, there. I'm just, I'm just taking <laughs> it all in. Like, I'm just sitting here loving it. He's uh, like, 
What's your thoughts? Well, no, I think and I want to come back to finishing your career, by the way, because, okay. boy, we got off on a... Mm-hmm. But I love it. This is what it's about. Go ahead. I think that, like, uh, you know, obviously, there's none of that stuff going on in the cabinet world, right? <laughs> well, so military, though. Military, I mean, it's got to be there, yeah, right? So, I don't know that, but it's got to be. Like, military, they had this old ordeal with hazing. Mm-hmm. How, when I was going through as a, uh, a younger Marine, you got hazed. And then you were supposed to haze the other individuals. It, I mean, it's not the exact... Same thing, but it's kind of the same concept, whereas all you're doing is making this dude hate being here. So why is he wanting to, gonna, he's going to, you know, have your back in a situation maybe. Um, why is he going to want to do that when you just got done, you know, kicking him in the side during like low crawls or whatever it may be mm-hmm. or, or something. So like I actually was able to, my team that I'm kind of what you were talking about, I'm super, I was super proud of him, still am. Uh, I had these two individuals, two Marines, that became that became to, or went on to become after I got out the two top squad leaders of the battalion, mm-hmm. and did I ever lay a hand? Did I ever haze them? Did I ever put them down? Did, no, I just talked to them like men, talked to them like people, like like yep. a human. Sure. And so I think, you know, I think that kind of relates to kind of what we we're getting at is that, you know, you just treat people, you know, want kind of like you want uh, want them to know that they're wanted there. Mm-hmm. Sure. And yep. so. And that's how I treated those two guys. They became some successful dudes and couldn't be more proud of them. And I think that's kind of how, you know, it, it should work as well. So. Sure. Yep. And I think that, um, I can't remember if it was, uh, if it was Adam Grant or, or Simon Sinek, but it's, it, they talk about that it's not that we don't know how to do this. Mm-hmm. It's that we've just forgotten how. Right. right, because we didn't need to treat people well for the longest time because we just had a line out the door. Right, and I, I think we just we need to shift that mentality to, listen, I'm not my DSN, right, my badge number. Right, I am Ryan Hutton as a person. Mm-hmm. I have a wife. I have a kid. I have mm-hmm. a family. I want to make this agency successful. Right, right, and I want you to recognize that versus, hey, do your job and shut up because we have a line out the door. Because mm-hmm. here's the deal: I know. That you don't. You're right. Right? <laughs> right. So until we shift that, that mindset, which mm-hmm. I think is what it is, it's a, it's a mindset, mm-hmm. we're going to continue this, uh, these issues that we're having, morale, retention mm-hmm. issues. But where do you think it, I mean, where do you think it starts? What's the most, what's the, the most influential position within an, a police organization? Ooh. Oh God, I love that! Yeah. Oh my God! Oh, yeah. Professor, throw yeah. questions yeah. out. Yeah. Hey, get your notebook. You're so, in class, also. You know, I, I think it's easy to say at the top. I think that's that's the the go to answer. It's mm-hmm. at the top down. But I think what we're we're seeing is there's been a shift, and and that that mid management. So I'm going to say our sergeants, right? So our sergeants who are Millennials now, because that's the generation that's sure. slowly stepping into the mm-hmm. leadership positions right. or the, uh, the, the head positions. I think it starts there. And I, I think that as these people progress, maybe it's me, maybe it's whoever it is, right? As these people progress, where I think the shift begins is we don't forget how it was to be treated that way mm-hmm. and then how people above us treated us and that, and that will slowly through attrition, right. essentially um, mm-hmm. weed that out, if you will. But I, th- I think right. it's important that we don't forget right. how it was to be at the lower level. So, and one more thing, and I'll shut up because I want to hear what you have to say. 
So we talk about, I always have the, I'm all highway, right? Mm-hmm. That has nothing to do with being a trooper. That has nothing to do with being on, um, you know, working mainly on the highway. I'm all highway, that slogan is meant to be that I'm still connected to the road, to my people that right. are doing the job. So when I say that, that's what I mean by that. So whether it's, you know, the chief or the sheriff or whoever, they have to be all highway, meaning I'm still boots on the ground. I mm-hmm. still get what my people are doing that are mm-hmm. stopping cars. I get what they want. I get what they need. Yes. And they are number one. And I am, as an administrator, number two, and I'm there to support what they do. Yeah. Right. I'm going to yeah. shut up and let, let the professor, because I know yeah. he's got some... Per- well, yeah. can, I re- can I send that question back to you? You can. So my, I'm not far from where you're at, um, but my belief is that it's the field training officer that is the single most important person to change the culture of an organization because they are the ones who are influencing the next corporal, the Mm -hmm. next sergeant, the next captain. And until we start at that level and, and treat people right and, and, you know, bring them up and, and make them successful, that will be who is your sergeant and your captain. And then you're going to age out this, this different mentality. And I, I don't, I don't talk bad about that mentality right, because right. that is the way that it was when, when that was it, but that we was have, the, that right. was the climate. Well, yeah. That was the culture. Yeah. That was the, but we, I think it's we a have learned to, behavior. Yeah. exactly. But we have to be willing to say, okay, what is it that we're doing that we can do different? And I think, I think it starts with the FTO. And if the FTO is bought in with this whole concept of let's, treat these people right let's be make them as successful as they can be and if they're not then we get rid of them but make it your job make it your sort of passion to to make people successful that's who's going to be your next supervisor and that if they will remember that then you can slowly start to change that the culture that but it's not something that happens fast man wow i agree with you because i'm as you're talking i'm thinking about that's really your first Mm -hmm. supervisor yeah it's your first access to like leadership yes. like right. you know some kind of wow. leader right. in the yeah, it's, it's yeah. your it's your so i always say my cop dad i have a cop dad yes and i want to say his name is retired scott landreth mm-hmm. at monet pd was my first cop dad took me under his wing he was my fto mm-hmm. now let me say this scott was not a go-getter <laughs> right he's not out there stopping cars he's not out there doing all these these here's my word again sexy things right right but Scott did things correctly, mm-hmm. right? He knew exactly what he should be doing, when to do it. So I always look back on my time with Scott and the positive things that he put into my career. Mm-hmm. And I pay a lot of that to him. Now, I think I've been very fortunate too, by the way, because I've, I've worked at three agencies, right. so city, county, and state. Right. And at every agency, I don't know how I did it, by sheer luck, I assume, I had an FTO who was just on point. I mean, basically, hey, what do you want to do today? I want to go do this. Let's do it. Okay. And, you know, the more I think about it, I mean, how fortunate is that? Mm -hmm. Because how many of these these guys and gals starting out don't even get a good one? Right. I had five or six. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. So in my most recent one, was and, and you'll know what you'll know how powerful this is. My most recent FTO, who's now a sergeant, who um, is still in my old zone. As my supervisor, he says, "My job is to get you where you want to go." Mm-hmm. He said, "What is your, 
what career path do you want to take? Right. And I said, I want to become a trainer. I want to be at the law enforcement academy. He said, great. These, these are the schools you need to go to. This mm-hmm. is what it is. And he had to cover shifts because I was gone at training. Right. And talk about how powerful that is. This guy's working nights who's been on 20 years just mm-hmm. so I can go to a, a week-long wow. school. Right. Yep. Yeah. So, man, man, when you said FTO, I'm like, how did I miss mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. That's where it's at. So do you have to get, like, certified to be an FTO, or how does that go in the unit? Is it... Is that something that you got to do? Yeah, well, I guess it depends agency to agency, right? Sure. Yeah, so, but generally speaking, you've got to go to at least a school that teaches you how to teach people. Okay. The idea is that you gain skills so that you do well, but given the numbers that are there, you're you're likely to have people that have maybe less than three years' experience mm-hmm. on. Who, I was an FTO at three years. Who was trying to... Um, you know, to train people how to do the job that they themselves are still, still learning, learning how to do. Mm-hmm. And, wow. and, the, and, there, and it's not a dig on that one to three year guy because right. they're getting picked because they're the star at the moment, but they still haven't had all of the experiences mm-hmm. and they're still going to be learning those, you know, along the way. And so you hope that your brand new guys have picked up enough from the previous guys to be able to give that. But I don't, you know, I don't think that's always the case. You know, you're, you're right. So from personal experience, I was an FTO at three years, mm-hmm. and I thought, oh, this is cool. I get to train somebody else. But when I became an FTO, the only thing I wanted to do, I just wanted to go work. Right. I didn't want to train this guy. No. Right. I wanted to do what I still wanted to do because I'm in that three year mark, and yes. man, it's just the job is great. <laughs> and here I am trying to teach somebody. Right. I'm still learning. Right. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I think I think that we put a lot of pressure on our. I guess younger, right, uh, or less uh, less experienced people, but um. I, I was the same way. I mean, I was three years on. I'm I'm training people, and I'm I'm angry because yes. it's Friday night, and they're oh. sitting in the driver's seat, and I have to sit in the passenger seat, <laughs> and I'm like, why aren't Let's you doing go. something? Go do something! Yes. And, and and I I can remember one one trainee that I had uh, first stop he makes, he goes, I think he's drunk. I'm like, cool. You want to do fields? Let's he's go. like, nope. I'm like, all right. Get out of the get way. Out yeah, of, I'm yeah, there. Boom. Yeah. Rest this guy. Take yeah. it to jail. We go to the next one. It's a crash. He goes, yeah, I think that guy's drunk. I said, because I'm the FTO. You yeah. want to go ahead and, and pro- I'll just watch you. Okay, cool. Move out of the Perfect. way. Perfect. I'm going to yeah. do it. I'm going to do it. You know, and so <laughs> I, I think that you you do, you know, you do lose a little bit of that when you're having the, the younger guys who are still really motivated being the ones that are. Because I told him, after midnight tonight. Move over. Get out of the way. Yes. I'm sitting in the driver's yes. seat, and we're going to go have some fun. So, yeah, but I, I, I mean, to circle back to it, I, I do believe that it's your your mid-level, your first-line supervisors yeah. who are yeah. the ones that have the best chance to change the culture of that organization. Um, yeah. Yeah, I like that. And I, I think that for FTOs, we basically take, well, either A, volunteers, which mm-hmm. may be a good thing, right? Sure. Volunteers oh, yeah. who, who want to do it at least. Right. But B which is probably the majority, we assign people. All told. Yes. Uh, that was, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. 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 We, uh, we go, oh, this guy's been here for a while. He doesn't do anything anyway, so let's make him a yeah. trainer. Right. And then what? we're su- then we're shocked when the people leave and they're yeah. like, this is no fun. Yeah. yeah. What? Are you crazy? Mm-hmm. Is there, like, any incentive, incentive to be an FTO? Like... Besides, I, I, you know, some agencies may, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe they do a little stipend or something like, but generally not. I mean, yeah. I, and I think that most most people that teach, and if they truly have this thought in their head to try to give people things that they know, that that's just secondary to sure. it. Mm. You know, it's just something that you 
that you want to do. It's just like just like op work. You either yeah. want to do it or, or you don't. There's got to be something that you want to do yep. to to stick with it for any amount of time. But yeah, and I think that kind of kind of the drop back on the generation part of it with the millennials is just like I think that they're okay with not doing as much and still getting the same you know benefits kind of like you know they're kind of lazy like I mean we'll shoot it to you straight like I think that they're okay with just doing the 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 minimum stuff Mm -hmm. so when it comes to like when you're throwing those into you know possible FTO positions I think that they're like, well, why do I even have to do that, you know, or take that serious if I can do the exact same thing over here and still get paid the same or something, something, you know. So I, well, think, I think that, I mean, to, to from, again, from Simon Sinek, like, that we do like him. And I think that the, why are they lazy? So, I mean, we all know someone very personally who was loyal to a comp- company for, like, 35 years and right. then just gets, like, let go without a severance package or anything at a drop of a hat. So what are we what are we killing ourselves for? Your toxic or your culture is defined by, you know, the the worst behavior you will tolerate. So, yeah. uh, and that's a quote, so quote it, jot it down. I don't know what we <laughs> need to do. Wait, wait, that's our line. Yeah, wait a minute, you don't be yeah. telling yeah. You quote yeah, yourself. Okay, you quote yourself. <laughs> all right, you're fired. Yeah. You need to start writing Well, the first time a guest <laughs> fired me, oh yeah. my God. Yeah. Hey, that See, this is how I knew. I knew he would be yeah. on point. So I'm going to respectfully disagree that we're lazy. I think that we recognize what we've been hired to do, mm. which is let's say I, I'm hired. I've been hired to do create a or, or to like create a widget. Okay, I will create that widget. But if you ask me to create two widgets. Mm-hmm. I need compensated yes. for that. Yeah. So I think that's the shit. That that's kind of the difference. Is we're not necessarily lazy, but if you're going to ask me to do something else, right. I think I need compensation. Well, and I think I, I think again that that it does it. It goes back to what we've seen. You know, we graduated. We're, I would say, are we elder millennials? I don't really know. Oh, what I'm an elder millennial. Yeah. 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 Uh, we graduated in the 2008 bubble, uh, where it was just a terrible time of, in the economy, and just after hit after hit we've seen from an uh, economic standpoint like mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't always pay off to bust your right. ass or in fact well, it really does that. in and, a corporation yeah delete myself um, but delete it doesn't yourself. always yeah and <laughs> I speak I speak from a corporate standpoint that is very much my exposure is corporate entities but agencies the corporate are not that much we like no. to pretend no, they're, they're different. different it's yeah. the same no. yeah and I think that that that, that has led to a lot of you know, our generational indicators is that we've seen some of the hard work put in or the loyalty put mm-hmm. in or, you know, the above and beyond put in. And it's not necessarily been rewarded no. with anything meaningful. So why would we continue to do that? Right. Yeah, yeah I think that's the reason why I brought up the incentive part. I yeah. think you got yeah. to give them that reason to yep. want to be better in that situation. I think we're saying the same thing. Yeah. I just wanted to say, now, I, I just... I don't my, think it's a generation. I hate to classify a group right. of people as lazy. My terminology yeah. for lazy wasn't the best yeah. one, but hey, if the shoe fits, the people gotcha. lace yeah. it up, wear it. You know, it yeah. is what it is. Yeah, I like that. Lace yeah. it up, wear it. Hashtag sticker. Go ahead. Hashtag, yeah, okay. lace it up, wear it. Write it down. Okay, so if we, if we swing back, holy cow. <laughs> wow, that was a good one. See, yeah, gosh. Yeah, don't even right. need that thing. Throw it out. Okay, yeah. get rid of this. Yeah, this agenda me created, which is pointless. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you we got to what, your first three years? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, a little ways to go. My first job. All right, so are you um, good? On, are you good on time? I'm good. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, so I, I got to the point where the county said, 
come to work for us. You don't have to work in the jail. I said, great. Best three years. Tenet, can I ask a quick question? Oh, here we go. Okay. No, 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 Ryan, you can't ask not, me. <laughs> good God, shut them down. Did you receive any pushback because you were the first one to not go to the jail and go straight to the road? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And it was that same, well, why does he... Why is he the golden boy? Right, Why is he? Special. Yeah, what's yeah. special about him? Why doesn't he have to do everything that we had to do to get here? And, and I and I did. It didn't take a long time to get over that because I I did. I feel like I went out and worked hard and you know proved that I really wanted to be there and and was going to do a good job. And so it, it it didn't last a long time, but it it definitely uh, sure. it definitely did. And when I got <laughs> when I got promoted to sergeant. It was bad mm-hmm. um, because I mean I'd literally been there three years, less than no. I bet I'd been there two years, and I tested for sergeant. And I and I remember my my sergeant, my then sergeant, pulls up next to me after I tested it. He pulls up next to me car to car and says, "Hey, I heard I heard you uh, I heard you got sergeant." He goes, "Are you gonna take it?" And I went, "Well, of course I'm gonna take it." I tested for it he says you're not ready you shouldn't be you shouldn't be a sergeant at at this point you know and and it was his belief that I hadn't been there long enough in order to to do that hadn't paid the dues right yeah I hadn't spent as much time as it took you know other people to get to that but so yeah I mean there was some pushback but it it didn't last It, it didn't last and so I I actually was very happy working there um until the administration started to look at our schedule. We at the time we worked three twelve-hour shifts, okay, and three on and three off. Again, love it. It was the best. Oh, it was the best I hear people love twelve. Twelves oh, are love the 12. best, and it was three on three off. Yeah. So I got three uh, days off every time. So what it. happened was the the one of the administrators says I came to me and says you need to come up with a new schedule that's eight or ten hours, and you have to do this. And I go, well, let's regress. <laughs> let's not progress. Yeah, let's and regress. I guess yeah. you had no why, like why we're doing this. Right, and they're, and they're, well, this is what the what the the chief administrator of that agency says: twelve hours is too long for people to work. They get hurt because they're tired. So come up with a different plan. And I said, well, can I, can I submit a plan that keeps the 12s but does something to address what you're asking? And they're like, oh, yeah, that's fine. But when it was all submitted, they disregarded that right. completely and said. It was not fine. Right. And so their, their, their solution was we're going to take guys who were working three days on and three days off who were two-income families who had their wives who were not working on their days off and they were not working on their wives' days off to help take care of their kids. Mm-hmm. To go to six on eight hour shifts, six on, two God. off, six on, two off, six, six on, on six two on. on, four, and then six on, four off. That that was the whole schedule. <laughs> and I said, so now you're doubling the number of days that this person is working. I said, what, what are they supposed to do with their kids? Right. You know, we're paying them so little. And they, the answer I got was, well, this is the best thing for the county. So we did it. We went to it. What's and the best thing for the yeah, people? Yeah, though, yeah. exactly, right? exactly. And you know, it wasn't probably. Well, I mean, there there were several uh, people who quit and left and and got divorced, and it was just a really uh, horrible time because you just you just it wasn't it didn't make sense. So I, that's when I realized like I I need to find some place where I can. I don't mind doing the work. Give me the assignment. I'll do the work. But mm-hmm. listen to what I'm saying. At least consider it right. before you say. No, we're going to go with this route, and and this is why this is why we're doing yeah. it. So, yeah. So um, then I went to work for the local um, municipality here, and Which that is was fun. fairly large. Yeah, fairly yeah. Large. It was uh, you know it was essentially it was it was a the same size agency. It was going from county to city, 
the pay was a little bit less because of the retirement, but it was essentially oh, really? the same, right? Okay. It was not, and and uh, so I enjoyed that. I did that for a, a whole year, <laughs> and then <laughs> couldn't I even make it to three. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then so, but at the time I had started my master's degree, and the uh, the job opening came at um, the institution I work for to run the police academy, and I thought, you know, I had start. I had started getting into liking teaching. I thought, man, that might be something I'd mm -hmm. be really interested to do. And so I, I got hired to do, to run the police academy and stayed on as a as a part time, you know, officer. And so again, my whole career has either been teaching full time and policing part time, yeah. or the reverse of mm -hmm. that. Um, and so I and I did that. I came back. I, I I came out here. Um, I stayed out here all the way till 2013 and then the new um, newly elected sheriff asked, I remember me, this, yeah. asked me to be his chief deputy because <laughs> not though I, I don't think for one second that had anything to do with me he it was a very strategic reason that he asked me so he needed someone to come in from the outside who was not an outsider yeah not mm. completely outside exactly okay. because for the four years previous to that I worked with worked sure. for worked I know, with all of these people that were a lot of them were still there so sure. it was a very calculated reason why he, and and it made sense I said that does make sense to, to do that and so it was a, it was interesting to me because in my career at this point I, I really had no administrative experience everything I had was was you know first line supervisor sergeant kind of stuff and so I thought this might be a really good opportunity for me to learn that administrative thing that I always complain about. Yeah. And this, so now so I'm the other side. in that position. Yeah. yeah. yeah so that <laughs> was, Great uh, curtain, if you will. Great. Let's roast them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, spe so speaking of that, so in this time, about this time, I go to, um, I go to DRE school. Uh, can I say is, DRE school? Yeah, of course okay, you can. So, yeah. Which so is, to, we, were, we were in the same class. Yeah. So uh, speaking of oh, that, so no. we were, we were in the same oh, class. Oh, here we go. So, Okay, let's uh, cut them off. That's being, a <laughs> being a new administrator, I, I go to the only person that I know that's in this class of 20 people that we're going to spend the next two weeks with. And I go to that only person that know and say, <laughs> please do not tell everybody that I'm the chief deputy. And well, he what honored, does he do? He, no, no, what, he, he honored that. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. The first week. The loyalty. Yeah. Right? The whole first week, we had a we had a blast, man. I'm hanging out with the guys. We're having a great time. We're studying. We're yeah. laughing. We're telling lies. And then Wednesday, week two comes around. Weird. Weird. <laughs> All of a Weird. sudden, people are coming up to me. Hey, what are you there, Chief? How you doing? Oh. oh. So suddenly, <laughs> suddenly, somebody mm. knows. Must have looked you up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure that's oh, how right. that. Yeah, a little too much whiskey or something. Yeah. Sure, what can I, I say? A little too much tequila. Here, yeah. we, Here we are. Yeah. Oh, so, that's awesome. But I, it was important to me because I, I even knew then, this is 2014, I knew then that there is this separation mm -hmm. between administration and regular cops. Mm -hmm. And once the regular cops know that you are, whether your motivation is good, whether the way that you do things is good, it doesn't matter. You are now the enemy yeah your admin, admin and yeah. and that's what's really been awesome um about watching this journey that you're on and and watching it because i actually get to see it from both sides and see how i now i can understand why people feel the way because i had to make some of these decisions that mm. were were clearly not popular um and and were clearly not 
what the line guys would have said was the thing that should have been done. Sure. It, it was a, it was a whole different it was a whole different world. That's but, pretty uh, sweet though. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed that, and and I think you know work. I worked there for about two and a half three years. You know, as long as I can yeah, keep the, 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 there you the go. Max. Um, there you go. Yeah, yeah. you maxed it out. All right, yeah. well, three years. Well, well, uh, yeah, and so now I've been I've been in my current location for about three years. Uh, there so. you go. Oh well, know. let's go ahead. What are we gonna well, do? This is awkward. You need help moving? Right? Yeah, yeah. 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 load it up. So I you know I spent some time and and really I. I learned a lot about how to manage in group and what the expectations of, you know, the 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 line guys. But what was really important to me is that I would go out still and I would get in my car not between eight and five on Monday through Friday, and I would go out and stop cars and try to beat them to calls and try to say, like you said this earlier, I, I want to be able to 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 let them know that. I'm doing the same thing that you're doing so that when I make a decision that affects sure. you, that I appreciate how it affects you. And even if I have to make one that you don't agree with or don't like, at least I have the understanding of how it's going to impact you. Right. And that was an incredibly important part of that position that I had um, within for me. So I'm out on, you know, on the weekend stopping cars and, and you know, arresting drunks and having, having fun. And, you know, and I, and I tell the sergeant. Is your shift? Yeah, you do your thing. I'm not here. I'm not here, I'm here to, to help. I'm here to yeah. yeah. I'm going to take calls. And so there was this one sergeant who he made it his life's work to make sure that I couldn't get to a call before anybody else. He he he's like, you will not get there. We will get there before you do. Right. So we had a lot of we had a lot of fun, you know, in that way. So but isn't that what it that that's like what it's about though, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, and I'm again, I never talk about what agency I work for right. or anything like that, but. I don't remember the last time I've seen someone in that, in your sort of position, mm -hmm. on a Friday night, right. Saturday, Sunday, or, or any night, mm -hmm. out there with us. But if you would see, from, from a road guy's perspective, if you could see that, mm -hmm. and that guy racing me to call, here's the deal. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you right now, you ain't beating me to yeah. that call. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? Right. You're not beating right. And I, now, knowing you personally, you're going to you're gonna give it your damnedest, yeah, right? right? Sure. But by God, we're about to, we're yeah. going to race there, right? Exactly. And, and if I had that sort of motivation from, you know, the upper echelon right. of, hey, not only do am I going to be there for you, I'm going to try to beat you to that. Right. I'm going to respond with good luck, right? Yeah. right? Saddle yeah. up because you ain't going to get there. Right. And so I, from a, a personal perspective, and honestly, you know, a road guys, I, I really appreciate that. Yeah. And, you know, but it took, it took at least, I would say six months. It at least took six months because this is something that you might not consider is that by me being out there, by the nature of the rank that I had, I'm automatically there suspicious of why I'm oh, well, who, uh, exactly. who's yes. done something wrong. Yeah. Why are you checking up watching? on me? Yeah. Yeah. And it literally took me six months of doing that yep. before they realized that I'm just out to have fun. Yeah. Yeah. I love being a cop. I have a police car that I can drive anytime I want. Sure. So I'm on salary. I can mm -hmm. drive around anytime. But it did, it did take a while. And it shouldn't be that way, right? It shouldn't be that you're... Your administration has this thought in 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 the road guy's mind that the only time you're out there is to try to, to find. Catch them doing what they something. should say is, man, it's awesome that we have a command staff that actually goes out and yeah. works, not when we don't have anybody and they have to do it because they're on salary, but because they want to be out there and they want to have a good time. And 
then they understand the kinds of stuff that is going on and you're not as removed from mm. it. So mm-hmm. I, yeah. I enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun. Well, that's what, I mean, that's why I get so frustrated with like when I see people throwing new positions or like, mm-hmm. you know, the most fabulous pizza party in the world at these Don't things. Don't get me started with pizza yeah. parties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, when I see people, oh, you know, we don't have the money. It's not a money. It is a mm, priority it's allocation. Like, Doesn't it cost is, a dime. It is nope. the leadership's priority and where it's allocated. Is yeah. it in meetings or calls or social events or whatever or is it you know working alongside your guys in the trenches if you will it's it's not a money thing it's Mm -hmm. just a priority thing it is where your time is spent is where you're you know you're going to see that reward yeah i solely I, i think it's easy though to say well we don't have the funding or our budget doesn't support it therefore we can't do it so that's like the write off of mm-hmm. well we can't do it so okay just keep keep going with the status quo right mm-hmm. no. when I'm not asking for more money so when I when I take more money of course right sure. but yeah, yeah I mean who's offering but you don't understand but when I signed up for this I went I know exactly what I'm getting into I know what I'm getting paid right mm-hmm. I know what I'm gonna do yep now I didn't understand the style of leadership or mm-hmm. maybe lack thereof that I'm receiving right but if you put an administ- administrator in a car and I heard them come over the radio going to, especially a drunk, mm-hmm. mm-mm, ain't mm-hmm. happening. Right. Right. You know, and yeah. how motivating is that? Sure. You right. Know, to see. So let me ask you both a question, and I don't care who answers first. Professor can, first. Yeah, you know, I was like, you can flip for it or whatever. But do you think that maybe some of the um, resistance is that the more time, and I'm trying to word this eloquently, the more time if they do come over the radio and they do try to work a shift, maybe the more opportunity they have to show maybe that they are out of touch with what's going on. The more opportunities they have to mess up, if they don't know that I don't know what's going on, then we can all pretend like I know what's going on. Right. But so are they afraid, is an administrator afraid they've been off the road long enough that Mm -hmm. they're going to go out there and and make a mistake and look bad? Um, I don't don't think that's the motivation. Personally, I think the motivation is that once you get to the administrative level, most of the time you're on salary. And the demands at that level, I can just tell you, are incredible. You have to spend a lot of time doing that job. And then so if I've, if I've already done 60 hours this week, mm-hmm. um, because we had, this, we had the city council meeting and we had um, you know, the special session that we had to go and we had this, this thing, now it's Saturday night. I could go hop in my car and go stop some cars or I could stay here with my family or do something that... We, sh- we, we preach that we want you to do, and that is to be off of work sometime and not be a cop sometimes and go do those, those things. So I think it's more, uh, for me, it was more about the times I didn't go out and do it when I had the opportunity is because of the demands of what it did to get me to, to, to yeah. take care of the job that I was yeah. required to do. Yeah. So it's, it's extra, right? It wasn't anything that I got. I didn't get any extra payment right. for it. I didn't get any extra mm-hmm. time off for it. it was, and so I, I think that that's more... And because we all have we all have somebody to report to, right? So if you would have said, "Hey, I can't do the city council meeting because I'm working a shift tonight," yeah. they would have been like, "They're like, that's not no. acceptable." No, they would okay. say, "You're doing the city council meeting, and if you want to go out yeah. and work on the shift yeah. Saturday night, go right ahead. Be your be our guest because you're getting you're getting paid and you're on you're on Saturday." Yeah. So they have you have to make that you know yeah. you sort of have to make that decision about what what are you willing to give up, and so it does depend on on the individual, right, and their obligations that they have, and, you know, maybe they can. But I think it's more that than it is being afraid to to look bad. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. What do you think? 
You think it's different? No. So I think I, I, I think I have to give the opposite opinion. Okay. Right. So just just for conversation's sake, I'm not saying I disagree with you, but I think just for again discussion to give the opposite uh, different opinion is I do uh, feel or believe that sometimes it, people in leadership or administrative positions, I won't say leadership, but administrative positions, mm-hmm. often feel scared to be wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think that they feel that asking for help is a sign of weakness. Right. Mm-hmm. So if I say, oh, I've, and, I, and there's a story that I have in my mind um, where a, a, a person in a leadership position or administrative position stopped a drunk. Mm-hmm. And I was listening on my radio. I, I was getting geared up, and I'm going, oh, my gosh, this person who mm-hmm. is very high up in a certain organization stopped the drunk. And I thought, wow, this is right. crazy, right? So I'm listening intently, and I thought, if they will just throw the handcuffs on that person, that will spread like wildfire, mm-hmm. right? Look at this person who who preaches this, right? and then, by God, they threw the handcuffs on them, and now they practice it. So I remember listening, 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 and I remember just going, please arrest this person. Because they came across the radio and said, hey, possible 1055. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, okay. And I Code hear, for drunk. Yeah, code yeah. for drunk, sorry. Well, I'm 1055. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So I remember, please arrest this guy and ask for help. And what they did was, instead of arresting them and asking for help, they said, call the local car. So the local guy went over and did everything. Right. Now, for me, if I would have heard this person place them under arrest and then ask the local car for help and say, guide me through this process, because mm-hmm. it's been, let's just say, five, ten years, whatever right. it is, right, right, since I've done this, right. would have just spoke volumes because I think that we see that, or oftentimes they see it as a sign of weakness, but it, that's a sign of empowerment. Mm-hmm. Look, yeah. I recognize my limitations. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So th- therefore, when you're making a decision upon high in the castle, mm-hmm. I know that you know your limitations and you've probably reached out to people who know a little bit more than you to make sure that, that what you're doing is the, a good thing yeah. mm-hmm. versus I know everything, I'll just do it or I'll push it off on somebody mm-hmm. else. Now, that's a personal experience for me. Sure. So, again, I just feel like I yeah, have to give the option. There's probably, opinion. yeah, I mean, there's validity both sides. Sure, absolutely. I mean, depending yeah. on the individual, for sure. Yeah, for me. I, like, I, in my history, I've worked with both, you know, the front line and, and leadership, and I've held both of those roles as well. And from your perspective, like, there is a lot of pressure on leaders and different expectations and different, you know, uh, things that need to be done and rewarded and things like that. And then it doesn't always translate to the front line. Like, oh, he's always in meetings or always going sure. to luncheons or whatever. Right. Um, but as I previously said, we all have somebody to report to. And so it's hard to push back either way on, hey, this is not my priority. I, you know, I want to do this. I, I, my specific example is having worked with an ER director and we sat down. And like, I, when I say sat down, I followed her around and, um, we quantified the hours she spent in meetings with her floor, with her team, and it equated to um, a 3.2 FTE, so mm-hmm. a 3.2 full-time, full-time employee. employee. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we go and we're saying, this is not sustainable. She cannot hold this up and, and, and be successful in this role. So what do we need to reprioritize in order to make sure that she is? And I think that that happens 
in your industry, it happens in every industry, but yeah, the different level of expectations isn't always understood or perceived by the front line in terms of why you have to be doing them or what, you know, what the need is in that situation. And it doesn't always get, it's not always well received when you push back and say, this is not where I want to spend my time doing this, Mm -hmm. you know, hand kissing and things like that. And it's just, it's a very different, I understand both sides of the perspective. I agree. I, I, I mean, more so a, a kind of against what you were saying yeah. is we had some leadership in there that you know they were they were about the they were about the boys you know they they'd be carrying jugs of water on a hike and next thing you know they're they're pushing you know a, a buddy rush or you know movement mm-hmm. but they were also able to say hey you're right Lance Corporal you're 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 right Corporal sure and so it's like I think. In my eyes, in that situation, not only did I gain respect, I mean, it's not like a gain respect, but I thought hot, more highly of them when they were carrying the jugs, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. making that movement. But I also knocked it up a little bit when they were like, hey, you were right. No, I wasn't right. You know, and I'm like, mm-hmm. dang, that's a that's leader right there. And I, and I think that that's a hard thing. Admitting that you don't know or admitting that you made a mistake. Yeah. It's an, and that was that was probably my biggest fear. So I go into this administration role that I've never had. I've always just been, you know, line level sergeant. That was the highest I went. And so so now I've been put into a position where I'm responsible for making decisions about things. And I was petrified to make the wrong right. decision. Right. I was petrified. But what we have what we have to realize is that you have a group of people, especially coming into an organization that you've been away from for a while. I had been away from there for, you know, eight nine years. Three years. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. No, no. Yeah, you know, and, and so what I what I didn't want to do was to make a mistake and and make a decision and and everybody else sit around and go, you know, if they'd have just asked me, sure, we would have told them. We've tried that eight times and it didn't work, you yeah. know. And I said, so, so as a, as an administrator, you have to be willing to go. All right, here's my idea. What do you think? Right. And and to really be able when they say, hey, we've already done this, you have to be willing to say, okay, yeah, it doesn't sound like that's a good idea. And you can't be in this. Well, I'm the boss and I'm making the decision and and disregard what what they're telling you because then when you go to them the next time and you say hey what do you think about this and you say well we've already done that and it's like then people just can quit sharing with sure, you right. because they're like well you're not going to listen yeah, to what I have to say pointless. anyway so yeah. why should I even stick my neck out there and tell you what I think I'll just say oh yes sir great that's a great idea you should do that yeah. you know so then why, then I'm out there making a decision and everybody's back going you know mm-hmm, right. well we've tried that and it, and, and it, and it fails and so I, you know, I think it, it takes it takes the the people being asked, it takes them being willing to say this is what, and being truthful about it. Yeah. But, but, I, but I think it's hard when you're in, a, in an organization that has fostered a climate where you're punished for saying things, oh. then you, you're, you're gun shy. You don't, uh-huh. you don't want to say what you really think because you don't think that that person actually, when I say to you, I really want to know what you think. And even if you tell me I'm an idiot, I'm okay with that sure. because I asked you to tell me that. It's different than you going around and telling all your buddies that I'm an idiot because I'm I'm an idiot. But for you telling hey, me hey, that I am, me and I, I was going to say, I'm hey, not sure what. <laughs> well, you can't claim that title. Oh, <laughs> yeah, me. Oh, okay, yeah. don't even try. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's new fine. Guy. Let new me guy. have something. Yeah, 
yeah. yeah, but we have you know we have to be willing to actually take what someone says into consideration when you make that decision. And I think the the second part of that is to circle back and communicate as to why you went the way that you went, even yeah. if it's not the way of what they said that you should do. Sure. It's like okay, well, here are the reasons why I went this way, and I, and I don't. It's not justifying yourself. It's just completing that sort of conversation, that feedback like feedback loop. Exactly. Yeah. What what is it that I asked you? I asked you what you thought. Here's what I decided. And here's why. Maybe there's something that you didn't know um, that makes makes. A different for you if, if I give you that information now do you have a different answer so I, I think we have to be willing to do that yeah I love the why mm-hmm. tell me why if you tell me why I get it mm-hmm. I even if I don't agree with it right hey I get it yeah you told me why I understand but I want to kind of step back one one uh, notch real quick so the idea of asking somebody their opinion and letting them be honest mm-hmm. so I'm thinking about adding this topic right here to a presentation that I currently have, which is to invite conflict. Mm-hmm. Now, conflict is oftentimes thought of as negative, right? So we're, we're fighting or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's from a recent book that Smee had recommended, um, and it talks about task conflict versus relationship conflict. Mm-hmm. So we can have high task conflict, low relationship mm-hmm. conflict. And I'll give you an example where I disagreed with Smee and Bert. Okay. where I said, hey, we're not lazy. I think this is what it is, which was a, a, an example of task conflict. Yes. So I disagreed with their approach to these things, but this is, this is why I said what I said. Whereas our relationship conflict is very low. So when we leave here, we're going to laugh. We're going to have a great time. It's no big deal. That's mm-hmm. what you think. Bird has a ride home. <laughs> so I'm thinking about adding this in is to invite conflict, mm-hmm. but it's, it's more focused on task conflict where you give me a different opinion than what I believe. Mm-hmm. Or your, how about maybe not different, your honest opinion. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I also show at the end of the day, even if you say what I say is completely stupid and here's why, we're okay and you're not punished right. for giving your opinion mm-hmm. that I asked for, which would be a rela- low relationship conflict. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's how I, I, I love what you just said mm-hmm. and I'm, Anyway, I'm thinking about thinking about that. Yeah, that's. That. I think that's good. You ever spend a little time, you know, explaining that? But I think it's a good point. It's a valid point because people want to be empowered to be able to say what they really feel, and to really feel like there isn't ram, a, a negative ramification for it. Sure. If, if they're even concerned that there is, they're not going to be truthful with you, and that doesn't help the organization because if I'm really as a leader, if I go to you and I say I want to know what you really think about doing this, and you don't tell me what you really right. think. That's not helpful, right. right? Because then I go and do this thing because you tell me it's a great thing, which in reality you already know it's not going to work, and you know the reasons why it's not going to work. That doesn't that doesn't help. So I think the responsibility falls on both of those, but yeah. it does start with, I think, with the administration saying we're going to ask you questions, and we really want you to be truthful, and you're not going to be punished if you're truthful with us. Zero repercussions of, of yeah, your exactly. opinion. Yeah, and I think from the task to the relationship standpoint, this, the second you set the tone, which is usually set by leaders or admin, that I may disagree with your uh, solution or mm-hmm. your approach to this task, but it doesn't mean that I think less of you. I right. still respect and right. hold you in high dignity. Right. Which is why I ask you in the first place. Exactly. Yes, right. which is why I ask for that in the first place. But I think that once that as a culture, as a, as a team, you can separate that, hey, we're going to disagree task-wise, but we still respect each other's input and mm-hmm. perspective on the situation and, and appreciate and um, honor the relationship we have. Mm-hmm. Once that tone is set, you can have some really 
healthy conflict oh, and back like, and forth yeah, yeah. Me? some really gorgeous you know what's the there's the only way we're going to make each other stronger is by challenging one another to do, to do better and so i think once you separate and as a team as a culture which we've talked about the the levels of um, the, the stages of team development but once you set that tone as a team you can have some really good debates and have some really strong outcomes. which is healthy yeah, yeah which is healthy. i was gonna yeah. say the conflict part of it is People think of it as being negative, but it's actually no. a, a sweet, healthy way to actually improve your communication skills. Yep. You know, if somebody tells you no, hey, why? What's your right. thoughts? You know, you're right. able to Help actually... Help me understand, yeah, yeah where, where you're from. You're able to talk to each other while yeah. somebody disagrees with you. Well, yeah. Of course, if I come up with an idea, I think it's a great idea. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? I thought of it. Of course, it's good. But if I come to the professor who has a different... Um, outlook or an opinion on it and he gives me his input right and provides things that i didn't initially think about that's right. a good thing yeah you can see it right? from a different perspective yeah it's not breaking down what i had originally thought it right. was providing input on things i didn't think, think about. about yeah right. but what what the problem i think is is that people are, are scared of that mm -hmm. it's, it's a sign of weakness but it's not it's a sign of strength to yeah exactly they're scared of the conflict Mm -hmm. And you know, hey, conflicts, conflict. And you, know, I you tell me no, that don't it know happens. If this is like an overarching statement, but do you think it's because people don't know enough of what they believe in to to challenge that healthily? Like, so if I say this is what I want, mm -hmm. nobody challenge me. Is it because I don't, I can't explain to you why right. I want that or enough of the reasoning? So you you challenging or asking more questions is comes as a, like a personal thing. So do you think if they're if they're unable to articulate why they believe that their position is the correct one, they're they're afraid to offer it because someone might challenge them, sure. and you go, yeah, I don't really know why. I, yeah. I, I, I it's not with every case, right? That's not right. every situation, but I feel like a lot of people, especially in the workplace, don't understand the why enough behind what they're doing to mm. articulate and then educate on the on on the why on, on the background of it and or they may not know the why or they may not know yeah, why yeah I was going to say um, and that's and I think that's probably in my experience anytime you challenge a process or a stance or whatever it's usually because they themselves or they get defensive or you know come at the conflict um, right. strongly because they themselves don't understand it enough to hmm. yeah. to that's analyze that's why it we, that's why we pay the big bucks yeah. by the way you're fired yeah okay. <laughs> All right, jot that down. And like, <laughs> that's not down. every case, but Just in me, my experience, that, that was is once we really like pulled back the curtain and dug in, we're like, well, we don't know some of these things. We need to. These are some of these holes that we need to fill. Yeah. That we just kind of filled in for ourselves because that's what we do as humans, right? We fill in the gaps that that are missing. So, okay, change the change the topic, uh, kind of, not really. Okay. Same topic. What am I? Am I doing it? Am I already slurring it? No, nah, you're doing it. It is what it is, folks. <laughs> it's free. Get just, over it. Just write it out. There we go. Write it <laughs> out. Write it out. What are you Prove it. Prove it. Well, I mean, there's right. <laughs> I was gonna say like prove I, I don't talk this way, but there's like eleven previous yeah. recordings. Right. I'm gonna say, right. so Which gonna the get first you. forty-five minutes of them are okay. Yeah, are okay. Right. Yeah, until you get to about yeah, forty-six minutes is my oh, limit, yeah. and we're at. Uh, yeah, ninety. We're, we're we're past that limit. Way past it. This is a great one. Oh yes. It feels like it's been like 20, 35, 30, 40 minutes. This yeah. tequila. All of them minutes. minutes. Are you kidding me? This tequila? Are you? Yeah, man, this is good. Sitting Ooh. out in the driveway, it's dangerous. sipping on it, watching Gosh. the world go by. You can't 20, read. 30, 40, 45 minutes. Can't read. Yeah, well, I just wanted to knock all of them out. <laughs> yeah, them all I wanted to cover it. All right, a couple notes I've taken here okay. that are clearly legible mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right 
first off, have we finished your career yet, or are we still he's on it? A, he's a, a chief, the under chief right now. Okay, so yeah, so I was the under sheriff, um, or the chief deputy, and but at, meanwhile, I had started working on my doctorate. Okay, um, and that was just a personal goal of mine to finish, especially that I started it while I was full time in academics, and so that's sort of. It's kind of like the DRE instructor in sure. the DRE world. That's like the top. Okay. And so it's that's a terminal degree in the DRE world or whatever. So it's the same way in academics. And so I said, I, I really want to, I really want to complete that. And so I felt like at that time that I had given the new sheriff what he needed to get settled okay. and to accomplish what he needed from me. And that's when I started remembering. And I, I never forgot it, but teaching is something that I've always just I just love it and so this opportunity came back to come back out here um, finish my degree and then um, it opened up the the ability for me to move into um, to the chair position which again I think if I hadn't had that few years administrative experience I wouldn't be able to be successful doing what I'm doing now um, it's a different way of uh, it's a different number of tasks that we're completing, but it's the concepts are, st are still there. So okay. I was able to do that, and so um, currently that's what I do. I work still for the sheriff. Um, I'm what you call a special reserve. Oh. A special reserve okay. is so some reserves have to attend meetings every month, and in order to get their number of hours in, um, he just worked a deal with me that. You just come and work whenever you want. So okay. it, it was nice. And so I'll, you know, go out. I get into a car like over over Christmas break. I went on New Year's Eve. I went sure. out and, um, you know, worked worked for a while because I, I love I love the job, and I still love the job even though I'm I'm not doing it full time like you guys are. I still love going out, and stopping cars and helping other guys out, especially the new people that I've had already. You know, giving them some wisdom if they need it, and just really just being out there and being yeah. part of the being part of that that group so that's uh yeah that's uh kind of a long long uh long past there i suppose but oh, i like it uh, every three years you're somewhere sure. else and it's so uh <laughs> anybody out there listening if uh you can you can find me at the prof Wilson. <laughs> if, you, if you're looking for a three-year guy he's at hey, his three years yep, folks he's done yep, push it out to New me one. let's see what we can do uh, yeah oh that's awesome i like that you're still out there you know, stopping mm -hmm. cars. That's we always say stopping cars. That's the that's the baseline of any. Right. right. You know, sure. compare that to the Marine Corps or you know corporations. I mm -hmm. guess it would be you know nurses. I guess it'd be what on the floor working the shift. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I mean it's just really just being out there and doing the job. So yes, yeah, stopping yeah. cars is great, but going out and actually taking calls and 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 being a police officer. And I think that that's just kind of shows just who you are as a leadership and as a leader is you've said multiple times. I love the job. Mm -hmm. And that's, I don't know. For me, if somebody were to say that in the military, hey, I love grunting. I'm like, you know, that's that my guy, boy. That, that guy, he's that guy's boy. about yeah. it. He's, he's about it. And, yeah. and I think, and also kind of reflecting back on what you said, is that it's the baseline. Got to love the baseline before you can, you know. Sure. Yeah. And so when you said that you love the job, I don't know. I take that into consideration as if, if somebody in the military would have said, hey, I love grunting. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, uh, you're about it. Yeah, and and to give you some more, you know, give you another compliment. That's what it's about, right? You know, we have the main or the the bulk of officers are on the road, boots on the ground, mm -hmm. and if you don't love that position, right, you have no business 
moving forward, right. making decisions for those guys or gals who right. are stopping who cars, are right. searching cars, right. throwing the cuffs on people. You have no business doing that. So I think the, the best leaders love that original, hey, I'm, a, I'm at heart, I want to be there throwing yeah. cuffs on people. Well, yeah, and I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to go out and do that so that people go, oh, I'm glad that, that they're doing it. I do it because I want to do it. I mean, yeah. I, I enjoy it. And if you do enjoy something, you want to you want to do that. But it does have that added benefit of if you're an administrator and you're out there and you see the challenges that the officers are going through, you can use that when you make your decision policy decisions. Sure. So let me give you an example. So we had, I'm just going to pick a, an agency. Well, I'm not, actually, it's going to, you're going to know. So I'm working as the, <laughs> you're going to yeah. <laughs> so I'm working as the as the chief deputy, and the issue we had was that the uh, the officers were on camera were driving really, really just too fast, just driving too fast. And so the 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 sheriff's first sort of reaction to that was, well, we're just going to quit chasing people because it's three o'clock in the afternoon on Zora Street, which is a residential street, a 40 mile an hour zone, and they're driving 130 miles an hour at three o'clock in the afternoon. Now, clearly as the administrator, you go, yeah, that's scary because bad things can happen. I said, but let's think about this for just a moment. And I, I give all the props to the sheriff because he was willing to listen to this conversation. I said, all right, so the problem is that we have people making bad decisions about driving cars. How about let's do this? Why don't we do some retraining on the policy of what it is that we expect of them? Why don't we bring somebody in who can talk as to why the, uh, you know, what are some of the, the, the repercussions of, of driving in, in that way? And then let's hold the supervisors accountable by requiring them to justify why they allowed a pursuit to continue mm -hmm. when, um, Normally, at that time, all they would have to do is write, well, this guy chased this guy this fast, and they really didn't have to do anything to sure. justify that. So, we, And I said, allow, allow me to do this. Let's do the retraining. Let's, do the, let's have someone come in and talk, and let's, let's change the policy about how we report on them. And at the end of that, if we're still chasing cars at 130 miles an hour in a residential area at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, then maybe we should not. And I give, him, I give him all the credit. He says, okay, do that. So we went back through. We revisited the policy. We brought everybody in. We talked about, you know, learning the considerations, all that. We brought in a, an officer who was in a pursuit. Um, and in the pursuit, he was involved in a crash. In that crash, it killed a, uh, a lady and a, and, a, and a child in that mm -hmm. crash. Um, and it wasn't a, for a while before he realized that that was actually his wife and his daughter in that crash. And so he came in and had a conversation with all of our deputies like, look, we have to do this sometimes, but you also have to be thinking, you know, is this the right, is what I'm doing worth it? Right, right. And then we changed the policy to require the supervisors to write reports to justify why they allowed this thing to continue. And, and we, saw, we saw a change in the behavior. And that's, I think, is what we have to do is really be willing to say, okay, can we address this issue? And as leaders say, okay, I'll give you the, that opportunity. Because he very easily could have said, and I told him this when he hired me, I said, if you want a guy to come in and say, 
yes, that's a great idea, Sheriff. I am not the guy for you. If you want a guy to come in and say, hey, what about this, sure. but ultimately support whatever you decide, mm -hmm. then, then let me do it. And so to his credit, um, after all of that retraining, you saw the those number of times that people were behaving, you know, inappropriately and in driving the cars go go way down, which right. which I think you know we just got to be willing to do that. And, huh. Yeah, that's that's yeah. I, I like that. Yeah, I, I I do too. And 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 having never worked where you're talking about working, mm -hmm. I'm going to give major props to allowing somebody to make a recommendation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Even though it's something that you think, I'm just guessing, right? So I don't know, I, that, 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 that person thought, hey, this is the right thing to do, but they mm -hmm. allowed you to come in and say, hey, but what about this? And yes. then follow yes. through with that. Mm -hmm. I think that's a pretty strong example of leadership. Yeah, right? exactly. And it goes back to what you talked about earlier. Is like, if you go to someone and you say, what do you think about this? I'm thinking about making a no pursuit. What do you think? And if you are empowered to say, this is really what I think we should do, and you're willing to allow someone to do that. That is, I think that it that speaks a lot. And yeah. you know, he's uh, yeah. he's ten he's ten years into um, still being, and he's still going strong awesome. as yeah. a leader. And I and I think it speaks a lot to him. Huge, absolutely, yeah. huge. Yeah, there's so there's okay. a yeah there's a concept that's primarily in manufacturing that's called Gimba. And, oh, and right, yeah, and I'm not gonna go off because Ryan doesn't like it when I do. But it is that <laughs> it is that premise do. of um, leadership or admin going to the where, the place where work happens. So Gimba in Japanese is just mean the place where the the work happens. Mm -hmm. And so like reporters will report from I'm live from the Gimba at the hurricane or something. Okay. Um, and so that's where the term comes from. But the concept is that leadership or admin going to that front line that. <laughs> Whoever's working the actual, <laughs> doing the actual work and open, asking those open-ended questions, the this, this Socratic questioning method of, mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to lead you in. Wow. Um, she said Socratic. That was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'm, so, I, I'm going Socratic. Wow. That's super cool. So I'm not going to lead no you in. No wonder we pay her six figures. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You wow. Need to, you need Socratic. to rehire her right now. You're rehired. <laughs> right, you're hired. Right. Okay. So, you're anyway, hired. so lead, not leading them into the decision, but act, like asking those open-ended questions and then them supplying you with the solution. And so that's that that's without even knowing anything about the individual you're talking about it seems like he believes in that method of yes. questioning of i am going to ask this open-endedly and then you will fill in and provide your perception and anything that you need on the situation mm -hmm. and provide me with a possible solution because a lot of times and you experience this you know that first six months of like going and working a shift like they just think you're there to tell them what to do yep. or that Check you're going to ask a question, but you, they already know the answer to the question. And, um, and, and yeah, and you're going to do what you want to do anyway. And so that's that concept of going and just truly being interested in what the challenges are that mm -hmm. they're facing or what the uh, reasons are behind what they're doing right. are uh, without any type of um, uh, expectation of telling them what to do or, you know, correcting or wrong or anything like that. That's, it, as I said, it's primarily, in, it is, is primarily based in manufacturing and it was coined by Toyota, but it's mm -hmm. that concept of the engineers going to the floor and asking the machinists and the individuals working the machines mm -hmm. how it's going and whether things are working for them the way that they should be working or what they're struggling with. And from an engineering perspective, not just being like, do, 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 mm -hmm. I got the answers, but saying, right. receiving that information from those that are actually using it and, and coming up with a solution based off of that. But it, it, it goes back to what, what people believe is the reason why that you're asking. And it, it's incredibly difficult to change the culture when mm -hmm. the culture has been what you said is the opposite of what, yep. you, you know, if that, and, and it, 
I experienced that because we had we we really came up with this sort of solution. It's like people come to us, the sheriff and the chief. Here's this thing, and if this person really did the thing that they are being accused of doing, then yeah, they should be fired. But before you do that, sure. gather the information and actually have that conversation with the individual. Yes. Um, and give them the opportunity to explain it before you just go. Because honestly, if it's actually what we think that it is, then you're fired. Sure. But it, but trying to tell people that you really believe that model is very, very difficult. We had a deputy who, who his sergeant found him asleep on duty. Okay? Not a big deal. Everybody's done it. Sure. If you lie and say you've ever done it, you're lying. Yeah. You know, if you say you haven't done it. So the sergeant found him, and the sergeant brought it to the lieutenant. That, all right, so it makes it makes up to me. I said, we just need to have a conversation with this individual, find out what's going on. You know, because maybe it's something going on at home, right? There's something that's keeping him up and, or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but it's truly like there's still going to be a consequence. You still have to address it, but let's figure out why. So we, we send him a message through his sergeant to show up the next morning to meet with the sheriff and the chief at 9 o'clock. For legitimately, we planned to sit down with him and just go, is there something going on in your life? Can we change your shift? Because it's not safe for you to be asleep. We just don't want to see you get right, hurt. Right. Right. And at midnight, the night before he was coming in to have that conversation with us, he came in, he pulled his patrol car into the sheriff's office garage, turned all of his equipment in, uh, and he quit and uh, walked out. And, and, I, and I actually... I understand why he did that. And he had talked to other people like, well, you got called into the sheriff's office. You're getting fired. You should quit so you can still get another job. And I'm like, it was so frustrating to me because that was not the intention. That is not what we wanted to do was to say, is there a reason why? And is there something we can do to help you? Because we value you and we want you to be here. But to be able to, if you've lived in an environment that is the opposite, opposite of that, it is so difficult to change that until people will take you up on it. Right. And actually, so if imagine if he had actually came in and sat down and we said, hey, what's going on? He's like, hey, we just had a kid, my wife, my babysitter quit. I have to stay up. And it's like, okay, what if we, what if we did this? And I right. imagine if he goes back to the rest of the group and says, hey, this is what happened. Because everyone wants to know. Oh, yeah. Because they already oh, yeah. Yeah, they got oh, yeah. what happened. He gets a text it, as soon as he leaves. Yeah, mm-hmm. so imagine how the culture changes when he goes back and says, they wanted to figure out how they could help me not find myself in that position again So because it wasn't safe for me, it wasn't safe for other people. But he didn't give us the opportunity to do that. Right. And and I, I did. I took that very personally because this was probably two years into it, and I had worked really, really hard to try to change the way that the, that the rank and file thought mm-hmm. about the administration because mm-hmm. the previous administration, that is absolutely what it would happen. Sure. Right. You got a message, come in and say, Peace. Sheriff, you're, you're out. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that we have to, you know, I think, yes, we we do look at it and that, you know, administration is at fault in a lot of things. But I, I think that we also at the line level have to be willing to believe what is being asked and, and what is being done and, and give them the opportunity to see if that's really what it is that they're trying right. to do. Because you don't necessarily mm-hmm. know 100% that that's really what it is. And, and I think that's a difficult thing to do because so. it's got it's got to be everybody within the organization that subscribes to that because if you if you've lived in the life of that for so long if you if you've dealt with that for so long it is very difficult to be willing to give someone a shot because mm-hmm. it's always been this way and 
no one cares. And so we 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 under, I understand where the hesitation was. I understand why this deputy came in and turned in his patrol car with no notice because he had been for so long been treated in the way that he expected right. to be treated that it is it is so difficult to get someone out of that and you have to the only thing that we can do is say i want you to really believe that this and you have to give them that yeah he didn't get that opportunity and and i'm i'm just sad i'm sad for it you kind of have to have from both ends you kind of have to have you know working from the admin and you kind of have to have a little trust in your admin Mm -hmm. so and that's what's well, hey, I'm going to send it over to oh, you. Dude, you gave you me the gun. Yeah, the truck, you just, you're going to have to I trust I gave them. you the, the, the invisible uh, pistol. I like it. <laughs> it. I mean, it's just one of those things that you got to be able to trust the people who, who, who's leading you. Right. You know, and... Yeah. And, and if we're going to complain that this way that admin always does it, then we're just as bad than the admin who just always does it. Sure. Right. We don't give them the opportunity <laughs> to prove... Now... I think that we have seen it over and over and over, right? So it's really difficult to give the next new guy a chance. Mm-hmm. Sure. But if we don't give that next new guy a chance, imagine if that's what they were actually trying to do. Yeah. And, yeah. and could could you could you right. help? All right. So you have God, y'all are on this. <laughs> we're just nailing point. it. Hey, so just go ahead and take five. This, this is yeah. my last thing. Last okay. thing. So I have lack of trust written down because okay. I felt like that's what the main okay birds choking on whiskey all of a sudden <laughs> hey, right. the world was ending if that dude's choking on alcohol, <laughs> well I just try to suck too much brother <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to give it oh okay yeah, recording to I'm gonna leave that alone yep. hey yeah hey alright <laughs> right, so I have lack of trust which is something I've written down since y'all started talking and I think that's in my opinion from being a lower level person that's my main concern is I don't trust certain people. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the theme of this and, and to kind of probably the last topic here. How do we build trust? Mm-hmm. Because I think you, earlier you talked about there's a, there's a uh, disconnect between mm-hmm. upper echelon right. and then boots on the ground. And it's that disconnect is commonly referred to as, hey, there's a trust problem here. Mm-hmm. How, in your opinion, do we build trust not only between admin and lower level, but I think it's also important to realize that as a lower level employee myself, Mm -hmm. I need to build a foundation where the admin trusts me. So I think it's a two-way street here that we often don't like to talk about. So in your opinion, what's the best approach for that trust relationship to be built upon? That's deep. That's a good one, and I want to go after Professor. <laughs> no, okay. go first. Well, okay, yeah. I was gonna say because it's gonna be more of an expert after this, but he's over there choking on tequila. Yeah, I, give him I was gonna say I think that um, from the admin to lower level, you gain trust before you need the trust. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, what Professor was doing out there, beat you know, running to calls, beating them before calls. I yeah. think that. In my mind, I mean, I'm not the mind of everybody, but I, I'm like, hey, he's he's about it. And then obviously, when he says he loves copping, or well, it loves you know doing the job, that's his deal. And I I respect that. And I, you start adding up trust. It's not like you do one thing right. and all of a sudden, right. oh hey, trust is here. But it's just everything. And then 
that moment comes where you got to kind of bank on that trust. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look back and be like, eh. Right. I'm like, I'm going to meet them up in the morning and I'll, and I'll right. see what the deal is. And I think that the, it's just the the events that add up the trust instead right. of uh, just expecting somebody to trust you or like... Um, so you build up. You build it up. And a, a deposit of trust. Yeah. Okay, listen, listen trust, I trust built is not, this. Yeah, trust is not something that is... Is, is a one specific time thing. You yeah. don't earn trust once. Right. You earn trust over time. And I think that if if they see that you really mean what you say and that you go and do those things because you really want to do it and not you're not out there trying to gotcha. Right. You're, you're literally are out there to do that because you're having fun. That does. But at some point you have to test it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's what I was going to say yeah. is that at some point mm-hmm. that you have to be willing to test it now, mm-hmm. as an administrator, you have to be willing to say, "This is what I want." Will Will you trust me that I really want to know your opinion? And then you also, on the other side, have to be willing to say, "Okay, I'm going to trust them that they really are asking my opinion, yeah. and they really want to know that." And over time, if you're able to do that, so imagine if you go back to my scenario where, for the previous two years, we have tried to establish this. We're going to give you the benefit of the doubt. If it turns out to be what we really think it is, what we were told it was initially, then right. you're probably going to get fired. Right. But we don't have any choice. But allow us the opportunity to allow you to come in and have that conversation. So imagine if the conversation went like this. Hey, you've been sleeping on duty? Yes, I found that out. You're fired. Get out. Sure. Okay. Right. So now when everybody sees the next time that thing happens, then all they're going to go is, oh, well, as soon I gotta, as... Yeah, I'm out. Yeah, i got to so get now, out of here. Yeah, yeah. now. But... If you give, if if you as the employee in this case, as this deputy, if he would have trusted that what we had said all along is that mm. we're going to give you that opportunity to have that conversation, if he had trusted that, that's a, it's a limb to go out on. But if he had trusted that, he may have found out that that's exactly what we were wanting to do, right. and that is, what is it that we can do to help you? Yep. So I think it takes to in order to build that trust, you have to test that trust. Mm-hmm. But both people have to, both sides of it have to be willing to. Make the concession that I am going out on a limb here, sure, and not be because it's it's self-preservation, right? It's like, well, I don't have to, right? If I'm the administrator, I'm sorry, your sergeant found you on duty, you're sleeping, goodbye, right? Right, I don't have to do that, but I could say, let's figure out if there's something we can do to salvage this, right? Where you have to be willing to say, I am going to trust that you're going to listen to what I have to say before, even if you ultimately make the decision to get rid of me, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and I. Yeah, I I agree with that. Like it's just, I mean, yeah, you have to kind of almost meet in the middle, really. You have to meet in the middle. It's two with ways. It. And you got to think ways. that the the we'll say the guys on the road are in there talking to the other road guys, and you know, and he's pretty much as, he even if he would have said I'm out of here anyways, you gave him the opportunity yeah. to explain himself. Yes, and I think that. He would have went into the, we'll say, the locker room or the wherever room and be like, hey, he gave me an opportunity to, you know, explain myself. And and then the other individuals, that's where it kind of spreads out to yes. where they're like, right. well, at least they gave him the chance yeah. to, you know. Yeah, it, doesn't, it doesn't take a, it doesn't take a lot of those incidences to create the trust. You have to have the opportunity to do it, but you still have to test it. Yeah. And the minute that you don't, right, the minute that you don't follow through with what you've been preaching for the last two years and you are contrary to that, then you have you have set everything else back. Yep. 
because people are not going to trust <clears throat> you after that. Everything you've built up to yeah. that, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember who said this, but Sneem I know, but someone said trust is gained in drops but lost in buckets. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I think is yeah. huge, and I don't remember where that came yeah, I don't from. Where it came yeah. from hey. um, but it's the same concept. Yeah, Google it. Exactly. Yeah. But one situation of trust, of testing trust, does not create trust. Right. It's multiple, dis- yeah. multiple occasions sure. of testing that. Yeah. That you then begin to establish this sort of track record of trust, right? That it makes it easier for people. But the minute that you say this is what we believe in this, but you don't follow, you that, don't support it, right? Right. right. Then they, then they dump the whole bucket out. Right. You start back over with these individual wing, and it it takes time. Yep. It is said by Kevin Plank. Yeah, Kevin Plank. Under Armour. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, okay edit, edit all that out and say Kevin Plank. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Kevin Plank. <laughs> yes. Under Kevin, Armour. Put that in. Right, edit, edit that out so it makes me sound like I knew yeah. he said that <laughs> yeah. exactly. immediately. Yeah, I'll get it on yes. So, yeah, trust is a big one for me. Um, and I always go back to Simon Sinek. I love his books. I think we've listened to slash read three or four of them several times. Um, but it talks about that, you know, your your people will work to advance the vision of a leader they trust, but will work to undermine the leader yes. mm-hmm. of a vision they don't, or I'm sorry, under undermine the vision of a leader they don't, don't trust. trust. Sure. And whether, whether consciously or unconsciously. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. Whether it's active. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So for me, peak, or speaking, good Lord, I don't said peaking. Too much tequila. <laughs> Too much. Well, okay. Well, here the, we are. The bottle Ooh, is must. empty. Here we are. <laughs> so for me... Um, personally, if I trust you and I uh, support the the vision that you're trying to you know advance towards, I will go, I mean to death to, to support mm-hmm. what you want me to do. But again, if I if I even and the slightest you know thought that I don't trust you, forget it. I'm out. Right. Don't you know mm-hmm. I mean? And in fact. Not only am I out, expect me to dig in mm-hmm. and fight against what sure. just happened. Yeah. yeah. Trust is hard. It's, it's huge. Work. So do we you think, know? like, circling back to the original conversation, just from a generational standpoint, do you think it is, like, the, the lazy concept or the non-productive or, you know, if I'm paid to do this one thing and you want me to do something else and I expect payment for it, do you think that that has anything to do with maybe the lack of, like, maybe a lack of trust? Because... I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the life or the uh, the climate was in the eighties um, or earlier. Professor, do you want to listen? You yeah. want to let us know on that? I was, like, I was like twelve in the eighties. Whoa! <laughs> don't take jabs. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So, so wait, that, wait for the next story. Just so you, know, you got final thoughts coming. That's just so right. You know, that's just true. Keep that's that. true. So my thought is on that, or by how I'm linking these two together, is that is it we are lazy or do we not trust to advance the vision of whoever we're working Good question. for mm. enough to sacrifice our right. time energy without some other form of compensation right and i think that this three-year thing that you talked about i, I talked with a local chief about that and, and he couldn't figure out he's like I've got a good place to work. People are happy here. But he goes, I can only keep them for about three years, and I can't figure out why. And he said, so he goes to several of his two and a half, three-year people and say, and said, what is it that would make you leave here? And it's like, well, I'm missing, I'm missing my kid's basketball game. I'm not allowed. You know, I don't have time to go and, and spend the time with my – so the things that I have that are valuable to me, I'm not allowed to do. And so after, you know, that's that first couple of three years where you're like, I'm just going to put up with it because this is what I want to do. But at some point it gets to where 
it's not worth it anymore. It's not worth the sacrifice, and it has so much less to do with money and compensation than it is does to just feeling like you're a valuable part of this organization. If if you if people feel valued, they will stay there for less money, Preach. way longer than they Preach. would until unless you get more money because i'm going to tell you if you go to a place that has a toxic culture and you say five bucks an hour more five bucks an hour more you might get another year yeah after that it's like five bucks isn't worth it anymore no, right. Peace. i'm gonna keep moving i'm gonna move on but the thing was is that they they felt like after that about three years they're just like this just isn't worth mm-hmm. it so it's not that i'm necessarily unhappy but it's like i'm not sacrificing all of that stuff so it is i think it does have something to do with a change in mindset by generation and that's where it's important for administrators to be willing to go yeah that's the way we always did it but this is what we have to do now sure mm-hmm. and if you're not willing to do that eventually somebody will be right, right. so i'm 48 years old i you know i came up in in the time where i'm just happy to have a job Pretty soon, there's not going to be any yeah. more of me around, right. and then the the replacement is going to be that individual who says, "Let's do better at that." And if if we wait it out long enough, we, we, you're gonna you're gonna age that out. But it requires those that are at the the you know the line level to be willing to say, "I'm going to change yeah. the way." that I am treating these individuals, I'm going to let them know that I want them to be here and then let's let's age out the ones that you're not gonna change anyway. Yeah. God. Yes. And you guys are asking why I haven't been talking. You just get sucked in. You just get yeah, sucked I'm, in. I mean, I'm just listening and that's why I just wanted him on here so bad. I just love the the mentality, the perspective, the, the viewpoints, and the, you know, hey, let's learn from mistakes. Let's, let's right. celebrate successes. I mean, God, yeah. you've been awesome. Well, I appreciate you asking me. I mean, yeah. it's, it's great. Gosh. I get free tequila, so, I mean, so <laughs> yeah. I do. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah. Well, we poured one in a bag before yeah, we right. had to say, so yeah. that's on me, apparently. So right. Right. Well, I, still, I still have half of the Hydro Flask over there full of there tequila. You go. Yeah, definitely no, no, no glass shards in there. Yeah. <laughs> Just I wonder where my guts pour, are hurting. Pour through a sifter. To be <laughs> oh, <fine>. yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about that glass. All right, so we are at, God, two hours, ten minutes. Good Lord. Um, it's literally flown by. Yeah. I've so literally I, just been having a conversation, having headphones on. And I mean, I hate to say, like, it's been top three episodes because we've had some, yeah. some really good We've had some bangers. Yeah, right? I don't want to dog no. anything. No. Oh, no. But this one flew. Man. Mm-hmm. This it, one it was good. everything I expected and more. Yeah. And... All right, I'm going to lock you down right now. This is a c- contractual agreement. Are you going to do it again? Absolutely. God. Sweet. Anytime. Anytime. Gosh. Put that on record. I love it. Sweet. Sweet. Put it down. down. Yeah, Make put it down. Sign. Make him sign. Since you're rehired, yeah. you have yeah. to take yeah. that yeah. right You're rehired. The professor literally hired you back. <laughs> yeah, he, has he, he fired you. Yeah. He yeah. hired you back. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love yeah. it. All right. I mean, I've got, I, we didn't hit all the bullet points. So yeah. we never do. No. But I, I, I get it. It's two hours. I'm going to be honest. I got a kid's recital to go to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't. So that just means I've given you the pledge. We'll pick this up yeah, the next yeah. time. Man, yeah. I can't wait. And we'll just have a great time. So I can't wait. As long so. as you bring tequila, I'm good to go. Oh, so. well, hey, don't worry. The, the I'm actually. A, will be I was going to say, I'm a newfound member of the tequila. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say. Glad to bring you into the fold. Yeah, I was going to say, okay. I don't know much I, about I, it. A lot of hesitation when I came in. Now, 
feeling yeah i was gonna good. say i was yeah. i'm 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 good with it I whether like i that. put lime in it or not it is yeah well, it's okay we'll you, you have baby steps yeah yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah I get a little it. chunk of ice that's yeah, all i, I had <laughs> all right so final session final thoughts so I, I'm going to say we start with Smee because I think we're all gentlemen here. Ladies first. Absolutely. Sure. So I, I say we go with Smee, Bird, yeah. myself, El Professor. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yep. Final, I like final. it. Smee, final thoughts. Final thoughts. It's no, all I you. think, yeah, I think it was a good discussion. I think it does like pain me a little bit to see just the same type of issues across healthcare, manufacturing, law enforcement, just like society as a whole, industry. You know, universal. I think it, uh, I, I, it pains me a little bit to see that everybody's having these, these problems, whether they be at the same time or kind of, you know, in phases. But I wish the best to you all in in the law enforcement industry. By the way, you're in it, so it is. What yeah, it is. It is, it is what it is now. Um, but I think that's that to me is the downside is that man, it's just it's just rough out there right now. Um, I would say from any, from any employer standpoint and any employee standpoint, but hang in there. Professor was great. Good conversation. I enjoyed hearing a little bit about early 2000 Ryan cause he was a, <laughs> whoa, wait, whoa, whoa, slow down. Whoa. Yeah, let's just talk was, about it. I'm, yeah. I'm six tequilas in. You think I remember that? Yeah. <laughs> right. But uh, just that dynamic. Yes, I've heard about you, uh, uh, you know, in name. I've, I don't know right. that I've ever met you before. So talked a, talked a lot about yeah. you. Positively, yeah. of course. Um, so it's nice to finally meet you. Good. Yeah. Thank you. Bird, it's all you. First off, it's about to get real wise. Yeah, I'm about to get in it. <laughs> no, first off, <laughs> Professor, awesome. I I literally just got lost in everything you said. And usually I'm more witty with stuff, but I was just like, holy cow. Yeah. Just, I, I was just lost in it. So thanks for you know taking part in this. And um, I got to learn a lot on leadership and everything. So... Um, I appreciate that. And second off, I just want this to be known out of all law enforcement. The the people that you're dealing with are just knuckleheads. <laughs> like I just want to you know put that out there. Like everybody loves you, respects you, loves what you're doing. Um, it's just the people that you you know you don't come in contact with love the crap out of you. Um, so. Yeah, Bird um, likes to remind us that he's a wild man, but within the legal. Yeah, I, yeah. I'll, I mean, hey, I'll, I'll never, yeah. you know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Yeah, <laughs> if you catch me in the act, brother, you got me. Yeah, you know, yep. and, and that's a part of it. But I just want people to know that, you know, I try to put it on a positive note that the people you're dealing with don't have morals, anyways. Right. And so, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, the people you know that you're not dealing with, they they love you so. That's all I got. Oh, you said it? You yeah, hey, it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, like, Tap right. the table and pointed to me here. That's so. right. All right, I'm going to go second or third. Sorry. Good Lord. Well, I'll don't, don't bring look it back at me. me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's go back to the bird. All right, I'm going to go third and then give the professor the final word. So I appreciate everything that's um, happened over the past. Good Lord, it's been a long time since February. You started the podcast? January. Oh, January? Yeah. Okay. So season one, I appreciate it. The different perspectives we've gotten. Um, the disagreements, which I think are the, the most healthy, or should be, the most celebrated, right? Sure. Because you learn from that type of, of that mindset. So I appreciate that stuff. The agreements, of course. Everybody that's, that's agreed to be a part of this, whatever show this thing is. But anyway, I really appreciate it. Um, 
I think personally this is the greatest job on earth and with some minor adjustments some some minor mindset changes we can advance you know that vision that we want to be and we can be fully staffed again increase morale etc so I really appreciate everybody listening uh, I appreciate the professor uh, for being here again a huge mentor teacher um, a colleague, I just, I just really admire you. I appreciate everything you've done for, for not only myself but for law enforcement in general. And then again, even Bird had talked about you before he even met you. So we really appreciate everything that you've Absolutely. done. Thank you for being a part of this grand finale. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know how many cannons or fireworks. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'll set off some bottle rockets okay. out in the parking lot. So I, I appreciate everybody. And Professor, I will turn it over to you for the final word of the first season the of the fire. fastest growing podcast that final in, in South Missouri. <laughs> Exclusively. Yeah. I've, I've done the research. <laughs> it's true. I've done the research. So, um, no, I'm, I'm going to leave you with, first of all, thanking you for asking me to be a part of this conversation. Um, I hope that somewhere somebody gets one thing out of what we talked about. And if that makes one officer's day better for one more day and they go home and they have a better night with their family then it's worth the time that we're sitting here and having that conversation i want to say to you ryan that what you're doing here is important and the fact that you're taking the time to speak for a a greater population people appreciate that and it has been so awesome to watch you grow this from hey i got some stickers you want to buy some stickers (laughs) (laughs) to this whole this whole brand of what is it that we can do to make this job better what is it that we can do to one of the i agree with you one of the best jobs that you'll ever have what is it that we can do to encourage people to be to, to become a part of that and what is it that we can do to keep those who had that motivation and that drive and that vision of what this thing is and got disillusioned along the way and they ended up working at a job that they don't like what is it that we can do and so the fact that you are having those conversations and and putting this out to an audience I think uh, is very impactful to law enforcement and I appreciate and recognize what you've done and I cannot wait to see what you ultimately do with this because season two is going to be great. Yeah. So thank you for having and, me. God dang. It's another two hours. It's another two hours. Run it again. Do All it. right. I'm amped, man. Thank you so much. I, again, Gosh, I just love every every part of you know what you say and, and, and the positivity that you bring to the table. But all right, this is wrapping up season one, episode twelve. So I appreciate everybody. Uh, this is the greatest show on earth. Yeah. Uh, we get paid to do it, which is absolutely phenomenal. Couldn't ask for anything more. So I appreciate you guys listening. We'll li- catch you next season, which is August. Yeah, it's me. Yeah, I think in August. Mm-hmm. We're right, going to so, take a little summer off. Yeah, but we're bringing one episode per yeah, week. Yeah, we're taking a summer off, but we're also recording yeah. all summer. So, chicka, chicka, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I appreciate your time, and peace. And that's showbiz, baby.